Huh, wow. I know I'm an immortal and all the bodies around me must mean something ugly happened, but did I do it or did it happen to me? Maybe this guy knows. You psychotic lunatic! You didn't have to kill everyone because your wife is dead. I don't care how sad you are about it or how your immortality made your short-term memory go haywire! I thought his short-term memory was just fine before it was hit by f- with fragments of an erupting volcano. He said he's over 1,000 years old. Why else does he want... Why else does it only go wrong now? He did not want to remember. The truth of his origin was too... Too unbelievable. Too disgusting. Too idiotic to recall. So I have to do it for him. You are an alien from the planet Zeist. And you came here to put up an ozone shield to save our world. No, you lie! That's too stupid to be real! Here it comes, podcasting's finest few hours of gaming prizes! Action RPG fans, come on down! Final Fantasy players, come on down! Might and Magic lovers, come on down! And Disgaea fanboys, come on down! You are the first four contestants on the RPG Backtrack! And here are the stars of the RPG Backtrack, Phil Willis and Mike Mickey. your swords and prepare your spells. Your friends at RP Gamer got a story to tell. Are you ready to hear about your favorite RPGs? Because we'll be going back a few years in history. If you've got a backlog that is really long, we'll tell you what's right to play and what is wrong. we got RP Gamer staff on the mic to talk about these games for most of the night. So pull up a chair, we will give you no flack. You're listening to the RPG Backtrack. And welcome to RPG Backtrack, your favorite show. We talk about RPGs from the way back when, right up through yesteryear. This is episode number 134, Lost in the Mist, and I'm your co-host, Phil Willis, and this is... By definition, I must be the another co-host. I must be... Well, I might, I might not be Mike Winky, but in fact, I am. You, you sound like you're a little lost today, Mike. Yeah, that, that will happen. Uh, especially if there's some mist around, that does make it harder to forget your bearings. You know, maybe maybe a little journey, a trek, or perhaps an odyssey will help bring you back. Maybe it will. Or maybe it will just lead to great character growth, like happened for that one guy who took an odyssey way back when. Hmm. Well, perhaps you could use a little guidance. And for that, we've brought a couple of people to help you out tonight. First off is Mr. Michael Apps. 
And last off is Mr. Alex Fuller. I wonder what game we're talking about today. I have no idea. No, no, it's not like he drops away defense or anything like that. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, we, we, need, we need to be much more cryptic this time. Are we talking about Blue Dragon? That's I think it. We already did that. Blue but Dragon. If you want to talk about it again, you go right ahead. Blue no Dragon. to help you this time. Blue Dragon Shadow Wars. No, no, no Blue Dragon Shadow Wars. <laughs> ah, man. Okay, fine. We're talking about Lost Odyssey. Yeah, that game. That's the game we're talking about. Yeah, and it's coming. It's coming really soon. But first, I gotta make a. Co- it's really bloody cold outside. You know, it's like it's like ten degrees Fahrenheit, which for you Celsius people is like negative ten or something. It's really cold out there. Is it cold where you're at, Mike? Uh, it's colder, but it's nowhere near that level. We got we got frost on the lawn this morning. Ooh. What about the rest of you guys? Is it cold where y'all are at? It's really cold. How cold is it where you're at? 20 degrees-ish. Ooh, that's pretty cold. You know what's really bad is when I was out there shoveling the snow this morning off the driveway is when it's down to like 10 degrees or so, and then you get that wind blowing really hard, like 20, 30 miles an hour. It starts blowing like the garbage can down the street. I have to go chasing after it while the wind is ripping through my craw, just freezing everything up. It is really cold outside. So I'm hoping that tonight you guys can heat things up talking about Lost Odyssey. So, uh, it's probably quite tasty here because it's just zero. So that's in Celsius. So 30. <laughs> 32 Celsius? What? That is no, toasty. No, no. Whoa, <laughs> holy cow. I'm moving to wherever you're at. Shoot. When, when did you move to the northern Australia environment, Alex? Nice. Uh, I said zero Celsius. I was translating it. Okay, so every one of us is now booking tickets to go live where Alex lives. And while we're doing that on Expedia, uh, no product placement there, we're going to take a, we're gonna take a t- TV break, and we'll be right back. Instead of Priceline.com. Priceline.com. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I love watching an overweight, overage Will Shatner punch out this young guy and throw him out the window because that's so real. Um, while he's climbing oh, yes, up the window, no less. Are so real. Yeah, it is just. Uh, I just. I groaned at that commercial. That's why I'm glad I don't watch a whole lot of TV. Um, because I would hate to have to see that commercial over and over and over. Anyways, we digress. We are actually here to talk about Lost Odyssey. 
And, and it says right here, I have to I have to call it before I give you all the stats. Uh, you know, I'll give you the stats. Developed by Mistwalker, published by Microsoft Game Studios. This was released on the Xbox 360 in North America on February 12th, 2008. A single-player RPG experience coming to you on not one, not two, not three, but four. Count them, four DVDs. Because uh, Microsoft didn't get the rights to Blu-ray, um, and uh, or no, whatever. Microsoft wanted us to be gaming on HD. HD. yeah, and that didn't. Work and look out how too. well that yep, went. Yeah, that didn't go too well. And I mean, I, and I know we're in for a treat tonight because the plot of Lost Odyssey was written by the creator of the famed <laughs> Final Fantasy series. Hironobu Sakaguchi. You know, it's right there on the front of the box, too, from the creator of Final Fantasy. Notice they didn't put his name because they didn't want everybody in the store going, Oh, look, Mom, this is by from Final Fantasy. His name may not actually be pronounced the way you just did it, Phil. Hey, but that's how most kids are pronouncing it. That's how most people who don't speak Japanese are pronouncing it, like myself. I don't know, Phil. There are a lot of kids who are so dedicated to being Japanophiles that they'll put the extra effort in. Mm. Well, how about y'all put in the extra effort to go over this super deep and awesome plot from the creator of Final Fantasy? Not all three at once, though. <laughs> oh, I just hear a volunteer. Oh, so you're this really old guy? Well, and you can't die? Old. The end. <laughs> oh, well, that... Well, all right. Well, lived up to the hype. Holy cow. <laughs> some guys who can't die. <laughs> I think that was as deep as the plot to Final Fantasy X. Mike, can you explain to me what the sin is again in Final Fantasy X? Anyway. <laughs> it was a big flying ugly thing in the sky. <laughs> what, what else did I was I expecting here? Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Which, which, which Final Fantasies did this guy do anyways? Because, I mean, honestly, the plot, saying saying you're the one who did the plot to Final Fantasy, uh, you know, that, that could be that could be the good ones or the bad ones. If it's Final Fantasy VI, I love the guy. If it's Final Fantasy X, I'm not so sure. Well, what about Final Fantasy VIII? Hmm. Uh, oh, hey, oh, no. Oh, ow, ow, ow. I think my ulcer just kicked in. Okay, do we want the detailed approach right now? He was okay, the director detailed. of the first five, and then he was the producer of the next five. And I think he had something to do with 11, and then he was out by the time 12 came around. There. The first five. Huh. So as as we remember, the plots of Final Fantasies 1, 2, and 3 were absolutely uh, riveting. I, I was about to say, by the, yeah. By the standards of NES RPGs. Um, sure, sure. Four the, was... the plot of Final Fantasy 4 is, well, people remember it. Yeah, well. Five is fun. Yeah. And I don't know how much more of a hands-off role he had going from director to producer with the start of six, but he was definitely still there. So all of this has nothing directly to do with Lost <laughs> Odyssey. This is all my fault. He did fight nine. Oh, <laughs> so you're a really old guy, and you're immortal. Yes. So, so the game starts with uh, the character Kaim on a battlefield. Um. I don't recall exactly what the whole battle was about, but uh, I think it's basically came kicking, well, winning. Yes, basically, <laughs> and um, then like uh, 
meteors and lava and death falls from the sky, and he is the only one to survive. And as it turns out, he can't die. And he has amnesia, right? That was Nier's, as it turns out. And the game kind of kicks off from there. Um, it's been a really long time since I played this. Uh, I was on four discs. That probably yes. a lot of story. I'm just trying to remember kind of some of the early parts. There's a lot of story and it's very good. And one kind of neat thing about this is uh, as you go along, you unlock uh, like these short stories uh, that kind of go into times past. Um, not necessarily anything to do with like the overall plot, but just kind of neat stories. This is a, a really cool touch. Yeah, those were written by some specialist uh, short story writer. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was well, brought in specifically for them. I think they're the like a thousand years of dreams. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of those are actually quite good. Yeah, they're all sort of really sort of touching and actually generally quite depressing. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you any, know, what... any specifics come to mind? Uh, yeah, the one, the one I think I remember the most uh, is a short story about how Kaim had like a family in this town that gets hit by an earthquake and obviously he's like the only one that survives and you know he goes he eventually goes back to this town some years later and on like the the day that the earthquake happened and has um, it been rebuilt or is it still yeah dead? yeah there's there's like a new town there and but basically they have like this ceremony every year on the day of the earthquake without really knowing like what the ceremony is for kind of kind of remembering kind of like some kind of reverent celebration and that one was quite touching that actually sounds like a useful and interesting way to apply the concept of immortality to a character yeah uh, yeah what I want to say is kind of give a better feeling of like really how long a, a time that could actually be like I feel like a lot of fantasy kind of throws around really old characters without putting a lot of thought into it like oh this guy's a thousand years old you know yeah and he's he's, he's, easily, he's a regular funny dude <laughs> he's easily you know? 10 times older than anyone else on the face of the planet and that means he's He's just like you and me. That wouldn't change him at all. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, yeah, like Alex said, a lot of these are quite depressing or and disturbing. Uh, another one that um, I ran into playing the game a bit recently was uh, about like this disgusting like general that Kaim works for that kind of has like no regard for human life that eventually... Um, comes down with some kind of weird sickness where uh he he uh his uh, is his either his organs get replaced by plants or basically he gets like plants growing him inside him which is kind of disgusting that's unusual yeah if anything it's giving me a invasion of the body snatchers vibes slightly <laughs> but something tells me it it's not going in that direction. No. But yeah, there there are a lot of these, and 
And I can't recall any that were really bad or anything, you know. She spend quite a amount of time reading them, and you know, uh, like in general, they're not really going to have anything to do with the, the main, the necessarily the overall plot. It just kind of uh, add to Kaim's character, I guess. Well, that's fair. After all, most of the people with whom he's interacted over the years are long dead, so yeah, there's but, no but, real way to get them in here except by this kind of storytelling, I'd say. Yes, although there are other characters that are also immortal. Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, after the sort of meteor hits, they basically sent they sent Kane to go and investigate something called Grand Staff, which is sort of like their magical re- research facility, which they think sort of caused it accidentally. Um, I think, yeah, he gets... I think, he, yeah, he gets sent with another immortal, so I think Seth is the one who joins yep. early on. And then Jansen, who isn't immortal, but is probably the most fun character of the lot. He's hilarious. <laughs> Seth is hilarious, huh? No, Jan, Jansen's hilarious. Seth is a okay. girl. <laughs> Yeah, I think they investigate the stuff and they get like captured by another country and then they meet another immortal who is the queen of said country. And yeah, she's Ming and she's not known as the thousand year queen. Well, because of the immortality, obviously. So she's about the same age as Kane? Uh, yeah, I think that's what I remember what the reveal towards the end is, but I think they've all they all sort of came from the same all the immortals came from the same place. Okay. That 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 sort of makes sense. Yeah, I think that, what was it was it another world they came from or something like that? I'm trying to remember. I I hope not because that's going to give me even more Highlander vibes. Yeah. Oh, there's those are three of the immortals. Enough of the immortal is the person who actually sort of sends them on their first quest and ends up being the the bad guy. Gotta have one of those. Yep. Strangely enough, is he an effective bad guy? Um, I think so. I mean, he's at least through the game throughout. So you're not. There's no giant space for you from nowhere coming in there. Okay. <laughs> no, no pulling a Necron this time. That's good. No. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, I think after meeting Ming and Pook, they actually end up meeting the two kid characters. Yeah. Are, are the kids immortal? No. Okay. No, but they are the grandchildren of two immortals. Yes. One of whom is Kame and the other is Sarah. I think you sort of, you go through some. I think yeah, Sarah's Sarah's one person you sort of have to rescue from. I think the crazy plant thing. Oh, yeah, that's right. <clears throat> crazy plant thing. Hmm. Well, I think she, she goes. Sort of, yeah, she. I think gets infected by some some madness, and yeah, sort of break her out of it after. 
after the kid's mother, I think, dies and stuff like that. Well, it wouldn't so, yeah. be it wouldn't be an RPG if at least one parent didn't die on yeah. screen. Yeah. True, but with that, it means the kids have to uh, come along with Kame and thus get uh, dragged into battles. And hey, they're magic users. Yep. That doesn't sound like any familiar Final Fantasy characters, does it? No, this is ringing no bells at all. No? After all, children are usually known for their ability to lift heavy weaponry and perform and outperform adults in battle. So that's true. That makes no sense at all. So well, okay, so it's so it's it's spread over four DVDs. It um, is largely because of uh, the movies, just like uh, Blue Dragon. Not necessarily because it's like a Dragon Quest Seven length game. Let's let's hold off on that for now, please. <laughs> Otherwise, we will derail the main event. Uh, okay, so we've got some night. Are they nice to look at? That's important with your movies. Uh, I'd say so. Yeah, I mean, I think it was a space. It was sort of one of the first big JRPGs for that generation. So I think it was a fairly good step up from the previous. Yeah, this Did came it? out in two thousand six. I have to. I have to double check, but I think it's two thousand six. Two thousand eight. I think this was. Oh no! Close never, never mind my memory. Yeah. <laughs> but the PS3 hadn't really taken off yet, so the 360 was still a yeah, solid this, this platform. Is, this was when Microsoft was still thinking it had the chance of getting in into Japan. <laughs> well, so, yeah, many millions it, of dollars later, Microsoft finally gave that up. Yeah, I think this one came out similar time to Infinite Undiscovery. And this was yeah. how this was how close on the heels of Blue Dragon, do you remember straps? Uh a year or two. Okay. Blue Dragon's pretty early in the three sixty. Yeah, I think Blue so. Dragon was almost the launch site, wasn't it? So I'm gonna say two years. Okay. Then yeah, that would that would be two thousand eight and it means that yeah. my my memory is starting to go already. Which I think it was only five months, looking at this. Six months? Yeah. Kind Did of a nice... Six, 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 months, six months in North America. I'll okay. get between them. Well, let's see. So for 2008... Yeah. Honestly, graphics haven't come that much further in the last six years, so it probably still looks pretty good. Yeah, it's, an, it's a relatively nice-looking game. Um, and by that, point, by that point, developers kind of knew what they were doing with the 360, so we wouldn't have any launch game issues like... Well, the earliest games never looked the best. Yeah, I think it's got uh, some occasional loading issue, loading length... Um, Maybe some occasional frame rate hits and other random things, but nothing, nothing too big. And, and it's a it's a nice looking game. It's got a nice art style to it. Um, definitely very good meat. 
yeah, with regard to the art style, it's definitely less stereotypically Japanese than you see with a lot of JRPGs. Mm. I, I'm trying to phrase that in a better <laughs> way, but there's a certain anime-ish look that you often see with JRPGs, and this one does sure. not show it. Yeah, this, this definitely does not have that anime-ish look. It's, and, you know, it works out quite nicely, I think. Um, I Many don't know years how... ago, I was talking to a friend about certain things that I have dealt with from Japan, and his his big problem with manga in particular, or anime, is that some of the characters have such huge eyes, he just can't get past <laughs> that. <laughs> it disturbs <laughs> Look into my eyes. My ma so, could never get over, like, when I was playing RPGs on the SNES and stuff when I lived, still living at home, she couldn't get over the fact that everyone had big heads. Their other heads are just disproportionate. I tried to explain to her about the whole sprites and everything. She just couldn't get over it. Then one day, you know, I got a PlayStation. She couldn't get over Cloud's head being so big and stuff like that. But uh, then one day I brought home Tomb Raider. And as we all know, Lara Croft is perfectly proportioned. At least her head, anyways. Uh, you know. It did seem to bother <laughs> Mom that other parts of her anatomy were these huge cones that could poke a man's eye out from three meters away. But, yeah. Yeah. Just some people just the, – the, the moral of the story is that not everyone's down with the way, you know, big-headed, big-eyes, manga look. <laughs> it's true. It's, it's, it's hard to believe, but it's true. Well, there are other reasons my friend is unlikely to play RPGs, most of them being that he's somewhat older than we are. And he st- played video games back in the days when they were in the arcade, and you couldn't really beat them. You would just try to go for a high score. So anything that has a beginning, a middle, and an end in a video game is – strange territory for him, but that's that's another story entirely. Anyway, Lost Odyssey's look is not the typical JRPG look. How's that? Makes sense. And, you know, I think I think this game may have done decently. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. Uh, it's been very well received, I think, in general. So. It certainly uh, got lots of good reviews, and I found it to be quite a good game. We'll obviously, talk about some of the gameplay details. Um, well, I think we could go through the story and characters a bit more, because we've got the person who is most definitely not not Sid. <laughs> he, he, is, he is Sid, not Sid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, I think he's, what about somewhere between 40 and 50 years old and it turns out he's uh, Seth's son. Does he have anything <laughs> he, he, he to do with airships? Strange enough, he does. He. Well, you don't say. Shocking. I know. You, you wouldn't have thought it with a name like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Uh, it, does like, he, he also... Uh, is he an engineer by trade or something along that line? Yeah, uh, so sort of. he's he's more a great pirate than anything else. Okay, that that's still someone who would deal with airships a lot in his in his line of piracy. Yeah. Well, I don't think the ships actually were airships at all, were they? So that's that's one difference. The ships didn't. Actually, no, I don't think they ever actually flew. <laughs> well, they're ships, but they don't fly. Okay, that's <laughs> ah, that's groundbreaking. Okay. It's for JRPGs, anyway. 
Yeah. <laughs> Does anything fly if the if the ships don't? Um. So remember, I don't think so. Well, I assume there are bird birds and stuff in the uh, <laughs> in the world. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, outside of the usual um, fauna and flora, I don't think so. <laughs> Aside from that whole, whole immortality thing, that's surprisingly grounded for the JRPG. Yeah, I'm strange. sorry, that was that was terrible. Earthquake! When are y'all eating potato chips or something? Oh my god, you need to share. That is so freaking rude. It's probably the one of you that's sitting there with your 31 degrees Celsius right now. Pain in my butt. <laughs> Bloodsuckers. Anyways, more about the characters. I think you do get your romance subplots. Well, this is slightly different, yes. <laughs> Just one. First, um, well, there's two, I guess, because you've got Kame and Sarah, but they're sort of already married from the beginning. So do they break up, or does she die? No, she survives. She's one of the playable characters. Okay. So, yeah, but, yeah, they, they come in and sort of end up looking after their grandchildren. But the other one is Jansen eventually gets together with Ming. So despite him being mortal and her being immortal, he manages to, well, I think, bugger enough to... Uh, <laughs> to get somewhere? Get some t- yep. That This may not be the means to to every woman's heart, but apparently some women, if you are persistent enough, will finally say, fine, if you'll shut up for five minutes... This relationship advice may not be applicable elsewhere. <laughs> Pretty sure that's not gonna work with my wife. Just just going out on a limb here. Pretty sure that would get my ass kicked. You're sure, Phil. I'm pretty you're sure. sure. You're sure this Pre- is not pretty, the way you want sure. her. Yeah. Pretty, pretty sure. Hey, guys, check it. Oh, no, save it for the final lap. Save it for the final lap. Okay, keep going, keep going. Yeah, so for that, I think it's mostly about sort of... There's a lot of family relations as well, so you've got the, ki- the kids and the grandparents, and you've got Sed, who being an uh, incredible mama's boy to Seth. <laughs> Which, and you get the added... Um, dynamic of her looking a lot younger than him as well <laughs> that's, that's, I think yeah his uh, introduction scene is always amusing she gets this old guy shouting shouting mama to someone who looks 20 years younger <laughs> such is <coughs> such is the paradox of immortality mm-hmm Well, let's see here. So, about how much time does each disc take to go through? I, I know that's that's kind of a hard one to ballpark, but uh, how much did it take you to go through? Yeah, I'm trying to think. I think I was about fifty hours just before the last disc. I think. 
That's about right. Yeah, I don't remember what my awful time was. That's actually pretty good, considering I... Kodelka, there's a game that was on four discs and took me, I think, three hours for each of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it was a fairly lengthy game. It was at least 40 hours, sort of somewhere between 40 and 60 hours, I think, you're usually spending, yeah. on, spending on this. So. Yeah, depending on side stuff and how much time you spend reading all the side stories. Well, from what you've said, the side stories are must-read. Yeah, and you know, it's not a lot of, not really much in the way of visuals that go along with it. But it plays music and there's some subtle visuals uh, to kind of enhance things a bit. So they're definitely enjoyable to read. And the tra- the localization is good, I would hope. Yeah, okay. I, would, I would say so. And voice acting is very good. Any- yeah, I know the actual. Side stories were sort of translated by a specialist who does the do most of the Murakami Haruaki Harukami novels. I, I know of he, those. I have not read them. Yeah, uh, yeah, but I think yeah, he was sort of brought in specially to translate the short stories. And I think that shows. Oh yeah, those those. I can't really think of any complaints with any of those or anything that seemed translated oddly. Well, I, you know, I have to ask because even in, even today, we still get games that do not get that kind of treatment. <laughs> no. Surely they can't be true. It can be true. And don't call me Shirley. <laughs> um, well, all right. I guess we'll come back to whatever else there is to recollect about the plot. Yeah, um, yeah, there's nothing overly. Sort of, there's a lot of good scenes in the plot, but I think the overall story flows quite well. It's a, there's no sort of. There's not that many shocking events apart from all the immortality stuff. Yeah. I think it's it's all gone through the visuals sort of quite well and flows. Well, flows decently. Shocking events aren't necessarily good if they come across as the as the writer trying too hard to throw twists at you for the sake of having twists. Yeah, they really seem sort of that way you sort of always going in the in a direction. Yeah, I think the main the main thing is sort of fighting is sort of trying to see what Gongor is doing and sort of how he's related to all the immortals because he came along with them. And then decide to betray him, which sort of sets off the whole motion. And um, sort of because they're mortal, he couldn't actually kill them. So what he did was took away their memories. Basically, and sort of, hmm. the game's sort of mostly about getting all his memories back, and then defeating Gongor. <laughs> which, strange enough, they do. Shocking. <laughs> yeah, but, it would be it would be a very dispiriting game if you got all the way up there and he resoundingly beat you and took all the memories away again and then you just got to wander the face of the earth with amnesia be, for eternity. Yeah, it would be in keeping with the uh, theme of the short stories. Though. <laughs> well, you can always imagine what happens afterwards and take it in your own direction. And how did... How did Kane get so lucky at the, at this point in his life? Eh, I can't stay. Something's got to go wrong. 
<laughs> okay, I guess we're ready to move on to the gameplay. Yeah, you know. The yeah, I think so. I think this... Story's good. Overall plot is good. Um, kind of the sub-stories and the family interactions and stuff, really nice. So, yeah, it's good. It's good. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it. Phil, you think, got anything? I don't think there's anything to worry about uh, in terms of story with this game. What would I have? I didn't play it. <laughs> Does anything occur to you that you would like to know about the plot before we move on? Yeah, it, it, you know, uh, it, this is this is a little side question after listening to you guys. So explain to me again what is that big whale thing in Final Fantasy X? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! There we go. That that was totally on topic. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, Phil. No problem. That's what I'm here for. Okay. Now that we are on topic, totally on topic. When you have to kill things in Lost Odyssey, how you do it? Oh man, good times there. Slow Lots times. of good times. Yeah. Slow, yes. That's like sure. Dragon Quest Seven, slow. Uh, Phil, 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 hold Phil, off on that. Phil, no, no, I'm just, I'm just drawing a parallel. That's all. All right, uh, Phil, nothing is that slow. Let's Got it. Okay, fair enough. Like, not even the remake of Dragon Quest Slow Seven is okay. that slow. Okay, but what if, what if, what if I put it like on the fastest speed setting? There were no. speed settings? Yeah, it's hard to find because it's very unorthodox for the Dragon Quest series, but it's like in the battle menu. But, of course, the battle menu, since the text is so big, you have to go to the second page that I never knew existed until I read through the instruction book. I don't think it was there for the original 7 film. Uh, Dude, I no, had to... No. I had to. We, we, I we had... will hold off on this. We will. We are derailing ourselves. Let's kill things in Lost Odyssey. How do you do it? Attack, attack, heal? Uh, for the most part, sort of, but more, yeah, slightly more interesting than that. Yeah, well, tell me about it. Uh, it's based on the sort of traditional turn-based, final early Final Fantasy style systems. So you've you've got the world maps, you're running running between world maps, and you've got the fields and towns, dungeons, etc. And of course, you've got the only have random encounters. So unfortunately, none of the visible enemy stuff at this point. It's basically, you've got sort of initiative and rather than how things do, you sort of based on, it's it's everyone sort of determines their time, their, sorry, their turn, no, action, there we go, at the beginning of the turn and then sort of how it plays out depends on their initiative. So the higher initiative goes first, etc. But I think that's basically based on what they're doing. So if you use an item, you sort of pretty much will go first. If you do a, a melee attack, that will sort of that will also happen on that turn. But if you're casting spells and stuff, that will actually take up one or more turns to do. And if you get hit, then it gets delayed. Hmm. This sounds like it's mixing elements of Grandia and maybe a little bit of tennis system here. To some extent. 
Um, it's a bit different than 10. I'm, uh, it doesn't really have uh, the... Uh, even though you have a large party, that you can't swap in party members in the middle of combat or anything like that. Yeah. Is there a big turn order meter? Uh, yeah, it, there is a turn order meter. A turn order meter, but it, it's not like you're selecting something and then it's not like it goes through the meter and when your turn comes up, you select something. You select everybody's actions for the turn, and then it kind of shows what order they're going in. Yes, it depends on what action you do. Yeah. So, like regular attacks and using items generally go first, and obviously see, see spells that part are does slower. Sound kind of like ten, how strong, more complicated things take longer to pull off. But mm, yeah, I guess that? I guess it's closer to Grandia. Well, ten, ten didn't do that. No, no, ten was just uh, ten, ten, ten was the action was instant. It's sort of yeah. If if you sort of say fire, then you have to. Wait while the person actually casts it, so you'll be, you'll be there'll basically be a turn where they don't do anything while they're preparing the spell. And okay. in ten, 10, I think it's dependent on I don't know what's it's dependent on some stat uh, when their turn came up. Yeah, that, that, there's a sort of a speed stat in ten that sort of affects effect, yeah. how often, and it and it was sort of you did each character's action sort of individually rather than doing the sort of whole team's actions in one go. Um, yeah, okay. okay. I'm, I'm clearly a little off-base with regard to 10. It's clearly been a little while since I played that. It's all right. Yeah, um, yeah with this one you get five party members at once. Just, It's a nice mix. So, But the ability to delay actions being carried out by being attacked, or I presume you can do the same to the enemies... Uh, I think so. Yes, if they're doing a special attack or yeah. magic spell, yeah. Yeah, that sounds very Grandi-ish to me. Yeah. Although you I'm... Do, yeah, you do actually have the option to sort of cancel an action if it's... If it turns out you're taking too long due to sort of having been attacked three times or something in that turn. You can sort of, sort of cancel it. The sort of main f- thing that this brings in is sort of the ring system. Yes. When you when you launch the attack, you sort of have to hold down. I believe it's the right trigger. Yeah. Well, two sort of targeting rings <laughs> close in, and you sort of have to release it when the rings match. And if you do it correctly, then it sort of increases the how 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 much damage you do and stuff like that. So you you basically got a quick time event. Quick, yes. And it's a nice little touch to combat. Kind of keeps things going a bit. Um, yeah, it's sort of a consistent one, so you know what to expect every time. So you're not actually being surprised and have to anything like that. There's also kind of like a uh, front row, back row system, um, where. Um, you characters in the back row, if they get attacked will basically take less damage uh, based on, like, this... I forget exactly what it's called, like a guard meter or something. And the more damage the characters in the front take, then the lower down that guard goes, and the more damage can be done to those back row characters. 
That's interesting. I've, I've yeah. Like that. that applies to sort of both sides as well. So you sort of get it on the... So the enemies will be lined up sort of in multiple rows. And so we, your team, so you've basically got to wear down the enemies. Yeah. Guard meter as well as try and protect your own. Yeah. So you can't just throw all your attacks at the mage, essentially, <laughs> if they have one in their back row. Not unless you feel like doing pitiful damage while its friends in the front row are gleefully smacking you every chance they get, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. That, yeah, I haven't heard of that exactly that mechanic before. Interesting. Well, I've, seen, I've seen it on a few games. I know the one... Some of the ones that, that have multiple rows will sort of have a slight system of protecting the back row, but yeah, not usually via a meter that you can wear down. That's... Yeah. And are the ones you're talking about more recent than Lost Odyssey? And the ones I can remember are. Okay. <laughs> I, think, I, think there, I think there were other previous games that did a much more basic system. Okay. I was trying to figure out where the inspiration might have come from, but it doesn't sound like Lost Odyssey had it first. I think it might have had the guard, the guard gauge first, but I'm not 100% on that. I can't be. <laughs> are battles random or something else? Battles are random. Yeah. Which is possibly one of the that annoying things about it because it, you've got all the problems that comes with a random system. I think it's got quite a high rate, if I remember correctly. Uh, I remember it being kind of low. Okay. Actually, I could. Well, are there ways to adjust it, or do you just low have to and take... high? I, you know what? I I think I remember some areas where it was high too. Yeah, so I'm not sure. Sometimes varied. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly wasn't as bad as as bad as it could have been on that. Yeah, but you've got... I think we've all played games that are among the worst with regard to random encounters. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, it's just got basically the general annoyance that you get of random encounters, but not nothing too <laughs> far nothing from compares, the nothing worst. Nothing that compares it badly with other games that do random encounters. Okay. <laughs> Well, it did come out in 2008 on a console. We'd hope that the developers took some care with that aspect. Um, yeah, kind of the only annoying thing there is just that battles in, I think as we mentioned before, battles in Lost Odyssey are kind of sl- slower. So Yeah, you've got a lot of animation and just stuff. I mean, And the thing with the, you can't really skip them because you have that ring... Okay, System okay. Two. On a scale of one to seven, with one being Dragon Quest One and seven being Dragon Quest Seven, how slow are we talking? Um. Wait, Dragon Quest One is your scale at the top end? Yes, because one was super fast because you only had one character. <laughs> the fights went pretty damn quick, especially when I turned up the speed. That's why I got through the game in like twelve hours. It was it was just scary fast. And by you know Dragon Quest two, you had three characters slow down a bit. Three more characters, four. You're swapping people out to the tr- you know the truck or whatever the wagon started to get pretty slow. 
And, and gosh, in six, it's become a slugfest. Some of these dungeons, man, the monsters are so tough. It just goes back and forth. And well, I don't have to say anything about seven. So yeah, it's a scale. <laughs> and where would eight fall on that scale? I haven't played eight yet. That's why the scale's from one to seven. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yeah, five. Sounds like a, that sounds like a slightly different slowness to what we're talking about because you don't really have much on the animation. This, that's sort of the main thing that causes the the slowness here is oh, all man. the animation and stuff like that. Oh yeah, and I hate that that kind of slowdown. No, that's a and that's it, a very good point. Yeah, and that's especially with the fact that you've got five characters act, acting on your side each turn, let alone the. And, and I'll tell you, that's that's one of the reasons I, I tell people I love, I think it's Arkwright's Fantasia on the Wii. It's a game that most people don't like because of the voice acting. But I love it in combat, which is where you spend the majority of the game anyways. Because when you put in all your commands and stuff, everyone acts it all out at the same time. I don't wait for one animation, then another animation, then another... Well, I fall asleep. Yeah. Uh, I think that's one thing where the, sort of the aim ring thing sort of held it back a bit because... He sort of had to. It had to run through that, and that could that could take just a couple of seconds each time, just for basic attack. And right. is there a speed yeah. option to speed that up? Um, no, no, not really. <laughs> I mean, you could choose. There's like melee skills that don't use that rings. I guess so you don't have to u- actually use the ring. But it's not like Knights of the Round bad. Like every time uh, you cat no. like summons from Final Fantasy VII, bad. Like no. the ones you would cast and then go get a, something to eat in the microwave, you know? Because at that <laughs> point you were just waiting for the animation to play I out. I think everybody had learned by <laughs> that era. Okay, just 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 clarifying. We just, hope. I I would hope. We don't we don't need ninety second animations for each action you take in combat. Um. So, uh, memorable boss battles. Do we have those in Lost Odyssey? Uh, I think first we should talk about kind of s- the skill system, sure. which is interesting. Um, so, the immortal characters uh, do not learn new skills on their own, while the mortal characters do like learn new skills as they level up. Like, are made to learn more powerful spells. And things like that. Wait, so wait, wait. Yeah, to... the, the, the models have these sort of standard. So yeah, you're... They'll, they'll gain skills with a level. The immortal characters do gain levels, though, right? Yeah. That's correct. But they don't gain skills. Right. Not so is automatically. The game... uh, so is the game stereotyping immortals by saying they're dumb and they can't <laughs> learn anything? Because that no. sounds pretty damn prejudiced to me. <laughs> well, it, if you would let us continue explaining. Okay, my bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, the... Yeah, the monster skills are normally, but you also get the additional skills from equipping stuff, but they go away if you unequip the accessories. But the immortal system is kind of similar to how Final Fantasy IX worked. You equip that... something and you gradually learn it? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Okay. And basically you can equip your party member skills and learn those. Yeah, so yeah, you can get the immortal and link them with an with a mortal character. Yeah. So you could you you learn the immortals learn skills from the mortals basically. And 
you can pretty much learn as many as you want, although you can only equip a certain number. But, I mean, it gives you a lot of flexibility. Customizing the Marvel characters how you want them, although, you know, uh, you know they're not necessarily going to be as good as, say, Black Magic as one of the Mortal characters that's actually a mage, so... You know, they can still have the, the skills. So, there's a lot you can do with that. I like that. Yeah. I like to hear that there's a skill system which I can use as I see fit and not feel stuck in a rut with. Yeah, and you, you, there's obviously multiple party members you can use, so you can switch different characters in and out and depending on what kind of skill set you need. So there's a lot for the player to toy with, which is always a good thing. And I suppose we should uh, address Phil's concern here. There's nothing that is going to cause you to scratch your head for a while and wonder, what did I just waste 10 10 hours for without really getting much out of (laughs) You mean that the that the that the skill and system and everything you all just described is actually transparent and and it isn't like you know certain other games that I won't mention because Miki said we're going to talk about it later. But let's just say <laughs> hypothetically there was a game that you know gave you a class system and some of your characters were getting class points and the other ones weren't. That might piss you off if you didn't know why. Just putting that out there. Okay, not that I'm upset or making a specific example, but you know. So it sounds like this doesn't do that. No. You know, it's all fairly intuitive within the UI and things like that, so and you're never you're never spending too long just trying to get a specific skill or anything like that. So. Yeah, it's like oh, oh this more character just learned a new melee skill, I'll equip that and learn it. Boom, boom, done. So yeah. It's a solid system and aside from maybe um some minor complaints. Uh, I, I, there's not really much to complain about. It's fun. Yeah, one thing the battle system does do is have uh, the the immortals actually. That's reflected in the gameplay. If they get knocked out, so they'll actually revive again automatically after a few turns. Yeah. Which and is pretty not, cool. And they're not like the people in Highlander who will die if you cut the head off. No. No, but you, you'll still get a game over if everyone's down. Yeah. That could be quite, <laughs> yeah, quite it easy to do sometimes. <laughs> and that doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense in like the game lore, but obviously it's a game and kind of have to do it. Let's just assume that if everybody's down, the the bad guys are able to truss you up and throw you off a cliff or something. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, going back to the... Uh, stories again. There's actually one about Kine being stuck in a prison for a long time. So you can always just say, oh, okay, they get chucked in a, a prison and no one ever unlocks them or something. There you go. That's what happens when you get a game over. 
Or sure. are they saying that the immortal would just be too dumb to figure out what to do next without the <laughs> mortals to guide him? Uh, I, I'm beginning to see a theme here, and it's not very nice. <laughs> well, just imagine what would happen if somebody with Alzheimer's made it to a thousand. <laughs> Which, of course, Kane does not have, because he would probably be very inarticulate on his own behalf if he had Alzheimer's. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I'm going to assume that there is music in this game. There is, and it is quite good. And it is Final Fantasy related again. There's this Umatsu comes back. Well, he he's generally a strong composer, I've found. Yeah, he's pretty good, you know. I seem to be able to remember some of his tunes right now. Not necessarily from Lost Odyssey, but... <laughs> yeah, I'll be honest, I can't actually remember any specifics from Lost Odyssey, so... <laughs> <laughs> but I assume it was good. But neither did it make you put on headphones <laughs> and listen to something else, right? No. <laughs> okay. That is an important distinction we have to draw. Yeah, I, b- I believe this was a sort of pretty solid, solid one. It had, I think, a, a few vocal themes as well. So, yeah, quite a few, I think. But I mean, it basically sounds like a Final Fantasy soundtrack. Uh, not that that's a bad thing. No, after after all, Mister Uematsu, whatever you can say about him, he does not spread himself nearly as thin as, say, a Motoi Sakuraba does. No. And again, whatever else you can say about him, he tends to vary his uh, his instrumental choices and palette for each game. At least I've thought that. And you said that the voice acting is strong, right? It is quite strong. Let's see. Oh no! Sheena Easton is a voice in here. I think she did the. Oh no! Voice. No, she's she's Sorry, a she singer. A singer. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, she did the vocals. <laughs> <laughs> You've got, I think, Tara Strong's one who's been in quite a few. You've got Kef Susi, who's quite a big. Big name voice actress and sort of lots of cartoons and stuff. Um, there's not actually too many ones that you usually see in a lot of games or JRPGs here. That could actually be good because I know, I know that certain voice actors tend to get a lot of work just because they're close to the scene of the recording booths and a little variety is often kind of nice to hear. Yeah, I think these are, a lot of these are, seem to be sort of more Western animation. The, the Western animation group rather than the usual anime JRPG group. Well, they, these people generally have steady work for a reason. And if they don't, then you can always say, I will never listen to you again and make sure to avoid that person henceforth. I don't know where I was going with that. 
Um, okay, difficulty. Did it ever feel unfairly hard or insultingly easy? Um, not really. I think it was pretty good balance in general. Did it's, it have a difficulty it, setting? I don't recall there being it's, one. I want to say it did, since Blue Dragon did, but I don't remember for sure. But I never found anything really unbalanced. Yeah, I don't think it was. I think it was, it, I think it was pretty much the usual Final Fantasy difficulty balancing, really. Yeah, it could be challenging, but it's not... So, yeah, you have a few. Not going to crush that, you. Yeah, there'll be a few bosses that annoy you, but for the most part, you're going to. It's a decent balance of. Yeah, and I think uh, a lot of some of the regular encounters could be, not necessarily challenging, but you know, you're not just you. You can't just kind of mash the attack button and win. You kind of have to think or just use some magic or, you know, so it's. Definitely a good balance. Okay. Yeah, that that sounds like the the right yeah. difficulty balance often proves elusive. Yeah, he uh, always has the for sure. Go, yeah, he always has the option to go back and grind for a bit in this one as well. So. Although, interestingly, I think if you spend too much time in one area, it stops giving you a ton of experience. So you can't really, like, overgrind... I guess would be the phrase. Yeah, I think you can. Yeah, go into a little bit above to make it slightly easy, but yeah, you're not going to be able to. It's not going to let you stick at it for a hundred hours and then you can blitz through the rest <laughs> of the game. <laughs> yeah, because grinding for a hundred hours is such an entertaining pastime. Of course. Mm-hmm. Sounds like. Um... Certain no, 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 we're, we're not talking Sorry. about that yet. <laughs> there is absolutely no need to bring that into the into the conversation yet, despite the efforts of Phil to do so. Well, I mean, you could kind of bring it in, because you could kind of describe that game as a lost odyssey. <laughs> I think you have to leave now. <laughs> Sorry. Are you telling him to get lost? <laughs> Maybe on an Odyssey. <laughs> oh, oh my, oh my! But hey, Lost Odyssey is really good. Well, let's see. There is one <laughs> potential unfortunate fact about it: it remains exclusive to the 360 and is yeah. unlikely to go anywhere else. It's on four discs, and the case it comes in is garbage. Yeah, didn't I see this once? Isn't it one of those stupid spindles where you have to dump all four discs? Oh, not all four discs, sir. Three discs, and one disc comes in a sleeve. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, that now, yeah. I, I, had, I was mistaken. I am sorry. Clearly, that is far <laughs> superior. Yeah, I do remember seeing that one random disc that just comes in a crappy paper sleeve. And the rest is just... the, the Japanese version actually comes in a really nice case. To the point that I actually bought the Japanese version just to get that case. <laughs> but yeah, I, I uh, hope you didn't pay too much for that. No, like twenty bucks. 
Nothing too much. Yeah, after all, this is a 360 game. Was, yeah. Those aren't in great demand in Japan. No. <laughs> I should think not. Though, of course, you can't play it easily because the 360 is region locked. <coughs> so, Phil, where's that price roundup? Jeez, uh, I'm not really sure after listening to you guys whether people want to rush out and buy it. I'm not hearing that this is the greatest RPG of all time, but neither am I also hearing to avoid it. It sounds like one that would be uh, worthwhile. Greatest yeah. RPG ever? No. Uh, <laughs> fantastic RPG that you should really play? Yeah, I'd say so. Especially okay. especially if the side story element sounds interesting. It's certainly one of the better ones, especially, especially for the 360. Yeah, and, and it's different, too. It Despite the similarities to Final Fantasy, it isn't quite... Like, you don't just feel like you're playing a Final Fantasy. It's got its own style, and there's not really uh, a whole lot out there. Yeah, it's, it's sort of... It's a basically a class... Yeah, it's like a class fantasy, but sort of been brought forward with new... Some innovation and stuff like that, so you've got the classic... You've got a lot of the classic appeal... But it's not the same as sort of everything you've played before. Exactly. <clears throat> well, it sounds like that that you like it so much that you would settle for <laughs> nothing but a shrink wrapped, brand new, <laughs> premium copy that I can find right here on eBay for the low, low price of one hundred and twenty dollars. Um. I mean, buying a used copy can be risky since it's four discs. But this, um, yeah, no, but this is pristine. You can you can uh, smell it as you open up the shrink wrap. You get that factory smell. I mean, it smell it smells like it's coming straight from Squeenix. Uh, or, if like, you, or if you go, yeah, or if in the UK, you can buy it for eighteen quid off Amazon. Well, you can roll the dice. <laughs> you could roll the dice, and you can get it used for ten dollars. But our listeners, I know they're they demand the best, so they're going to rush after the 120. Here's a question for you guys, right? So I, I'm not uh, an Xbox person. Um, uh, I, I've always gotten the for the last few generations. I've been pretty much going to straight Sony with a Wii on the side. So uh, uh, you know, when the Xbox uh, with the Xbox library and stuff, you know, I see a few games come out on there that I really wanted to play. You know, they were they were exclusives. Uh, but most of them eventually came came out uh, on the place uh, on the PC or the PlayStation. Terrell Sonata, Jade Empire. Well, that was probably earlier. Jade Empire. A lot of those uh, Xbox only games eventually came out. But there was a couple that I wanted. They were Squeenix and stuff. They they sounded like they were good, but they didn't. One was Lost Odyssey. The other one was The Last Remnant. We finally got The Last Remnant. Not all that. Long. Actually, it was a while ago. Now I'm getting old. Dang. <laughs> We got the last ribbon at the store, and I was so excited. I didn't even go back and check the reviews and the stuff. I just snatched it up. Unfortunately, found out that it was – once I installed it, it said, now please activate your Steam account to run this game. And this was back in the day. I had no Steam. And I, I got pissed. I'm like, what? I didn't want Steam. I've heard of this this crazy scheme of Steam to have to be online all the time to play my games and crap. <laughs> I just want to put in the disc and play them. And I got all pissy, but finally I caved in because I paid 40 freaking bucks for the game. Uh, anyways, my whole, my whole question to you guys is, so out of those two games, I got Last Remnant. Did I get the better game? 
No. No. Um, <laughs> you put no. me in a difficult position. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's what I'm here to do. Uh, there were two Squeenix games that uh, that were originally okay. just exclusive, and this was the one I got on on, on PC. I, I have to. Well, Lost Odyssey is Squeenix. It isn't, but it's made by the creator of Final <laughs> Fantasy. How do they screw this up? How do they let this slip through their fingers? It was like, uh, okay. Back to my point, anyways. Two of the RPGs I wanted that at least, at least yeah. in the West. Yeah. So what happened? I mean, which one's better? This one. Uh, well, uh, that's that's a complicated. Sounds question, like Alex Phil. has made up so his mind. many different answers. Really? Because it would seem like in either an A or B uh, question. Really? Uh, all right, the uh, lo- Lost Odyssey is most. better. Lost Odyssey is better. Oh, great. Odyssey most definitely has the better story. Yes, uh, Last Remnant has the better director, but <laughs> Lost, Lost Odyssey is the better game. Ah, fine. Of course, um... See, Mr. Apps wasn't here last time to discuss Final Fantasy II with us, where he would... Yeah. yeah. He would come up with many nice things to say about Mr. Kawazu's first directorial work... The funny, the funny thing oh, is, of course, he was directly the other one. Of course, he mostly that. that it led to the saga series because it's not really a great game. I'll level with you. The um, the funny thing is, is that uh, is that uh, now you can get it for five bucks on Steam. By the way, Lost uh, Last Remnant. Totally worth it. Go out and buy. All right, there you go. All right, well, thank you, gentlemen, so much. Sounds like we've covered all the bases, so we're gonna take another break and come back and wrap this up with the final oh my gosh what are, are we really starting off the new year with like the shortest ba- no we're not because the final laps <laughs> could be long tonight boys and girls well, we'll be... we could always do a little blast from the recent no. past no 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 I could I could tell you the funny story about how I had to get my lost IC discs replaced that sounds like a great story for the final lap that, okay that, that sounds that sounds like a winner I don't know I could I did play Paper Mario Sticker Star, and I think Mr. Apps and I have okay, um, strongly differing views on it. Oh, Sticker Star, oh, really? Oh. You really want to oh, talk wait, about wait, Sticker did, Star? Did, didn't you play Baldur's Gate Enhanced Edition, Phil? What does that have to do with Sticker Star? <laughs> They're both blast from the recent past options okay, this time. No, nobody wants to hear me talk about Enhanced Edition. We've already talked about Enhanced Edition. <laughs> what about Persona 4 Golden? Okay, everyone knows it's the bomb. Yeah, you don't really feel into <laughs> Yeah, does does any, is there is there anyone out there yet who doesn't realize that Persona Four is amazing? In fact, it, in fact, um, I, I we're going through the Dragon Quest on the RPG track, and my brother-in-law is playing these games with me. And I said, you know, we're now more than halfway through the series, so I said, uh, what do you want to do for the next? You know, series of games, and he's like, uh, "I want to do Persona." I'm like, "Ooh, well, that that would involve that one and two, like Persona one, <laughs> and both Persona, <laughs> both Persona twos." I'm like, <laughs> "I'm not sure if that's a great idea, bro." Uh, anyways, uh, we digress. Sticker Star, you really dying to do Sticker Star? I'm Think dying about to it. do it, but it is an option. It's a fun game. <laughs> I had fun in parts. Like I the have... part where you sold it on eBay? I can't do that because it's a digital copy. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> all right, all right. Did you have fun when you deleted it off of your 3DS? Uh, 
I gave it a three out of five. That means I didn't hate it and I didn't love it. Uh, all right. Well, we're going to take a break while we sort this out. We'll be right back <laughs> after uh, after these commercial messages. Which the commercials sound an awful lot like soundtracks. Game of Pop, Paper, Rock, Scissors, um, Lizard, Spock, and uh, and Mike Minky won. So we're going to talk about Paper Mario Sticker Star uh, in our Blast from the Recent Past section. And that's that occasional segment of the show where we talk about a game or more than one game that came out roughly two years ago to let you know whether you should go back, buy it, put it in your backlog, take it out of your backlog, use it as a coaster, or whatever. So, the game that we have chosen for your entertainment value this are, evening... Are you sure everybody doesn't want to chime in with a quick Persona 4 Golden is really good? Go play it. Something. Go play it, Golden! Okay, we, we, let's do Paper Mario. Would you... Let, <laughs> sweet... That was another option, man! Okay, you know I'm what? I'm going with all the options! We gotta have all the options! Michael K. Miki. I am giving you the floor what? in where about... The, where did you come up with that initial? You know what? <laughs> Every time you take me off, I'm going to use a different letter for your middle initial. <laughs> and remember, even a broken clock is right twice a day. So, Paper Mario Sticker Star, developed by Nintendo, published by Nintendo. This was uh, released on the Nintendo 3DS in North America on November 11th, 2012. This is a single-player action-adventure game that will stick to your 3DS through download <laughs> or stick inside your cartridge slot. Bam! See how I see that segue there? Boom! That's some master mic work. So, uh, let me see. We got two slightly different opinions here, so let's do this properly. Michael Mickey versus Michael Apps. Fight! Ding, ding, ding. Okay, I got this in an early review copy for RP Gamer, and I got to experience the fun of blundering around without any idea of exactly how to use the many, many stickers that I had found, and trying to have Mac send queries over to Nintendo of America <laughs> and getting really not very informative responses back in a not very timely manner and eventually getting a vague idea of what I needed to do and still not really figuring out what it was. Um, oh, what was it? It was some stupid seaside port town where I was trying to figure out how do I make the frickin' <sighs> You get a bunch of things in the game. It actually calls them things. It's oh, true. Like, like uh, what was it? 
wasn't a goat one of the things? Or a big fan or uh, scissors refrigerator? Yes, scissors. And then if you and then you've got this thing which of course takes up a big chunk of your sticker book, and you only have finite sticker space. So you kind of need to budget it a little bit, and these things are kind of big. So if they're taking up a bunch of space and you don't know where the hell to use them, and then you try it in the wrong space and it doesn't work, these aren't like your other stickers where they'll just go right back into your sticker space. No, you have to go find them all over again. So that that did tick me off. Um, The boss bottles were kind of interesting. If you used the right thing on each of them, then... You generally did most of the work for you. If you didn't, then you would pretty much exhaust your stickers going at it. These bosses, they're not very nice. And I got to give it that when you fight Bowser at the very end. And, oh, did I, did I say that out loud? Did I say that you fight Bowser at the end of a Mario game? That, that... Damn you, Mike! Damn! <laughs> a spoiler! A freaking spoiler on Where RPG Backtrack. Holy cow. I'm going to have to ampersand out that entire line now. Thank you, Minky. Now you're Michael R. Minky. I'm sorry. I must be very tired. Yeah, I just wasn't thinking. And, oh man, I shouldn't tell you why you're fighting Bowser. It's not because he kidnapped Peach. No, that's that's not it at all. It's some, uh, there's there's totally some other reason. Uh, mm, mm. And I'll remember it in a while. It was a really compelling and interesting reason too, because it's something you've never seen Bowser do before. Uh, um, yeah, I, again, I'll remember it. It, it was this, just that memorable. Uh, uh, I got nothing. Sick, for um, <laughs> uh. So I had never played a Paper Mario before this, and I had some fun with it. But really, if you take away the rewards of an RPG, because you don't get any money, you don't get any experience, you don't really get any skills out of fighting enemies, you just might get replacement stickers for the ones you use in a fight. I thought you then... did get money. Was there money? I don't know. <laughs> I, I haven't, I haven't played in a while either. How about to say, without any of that, is this real? Is it even an RP? Oh, wait, we won't go down that road. No. Did the description you read, the very words that came out of your mouth with regard to this game, Phil, was the phrase RPG and among them? I don't remember hearing it. Hmm. I heard action-adventure from you. Oh, you know, well, I was reading from the highly qualified site known as Wikipedia, and uh, it does say action-adventure single-player download ROM cartridge. Um, hmm. Having said that, it is definitely not your typical Mario side-scroller. No. Because you do go into turn-based battles with stuff in an inventory, which you you theoretically can't exhaust, although you're only likely to exhaust it against a boss, and if you did exhaust it, then you would have to go through the pain in the butt that is running away where you get to mash on the buttons as quickly as possible in order to make it happen. Did you ever do oh, that? Oh, yeah, that's pretty no, cool because that's, that's like the Olympics game back on the NES. <laughs> oh, that track is so and cool. Field or- yeah, so they've melded track and field with like Paper Mario or whatever. This is sounding awesome. <laughs> This is great. I admit I didn't do that very often because it was 
usually more entertaining instead of mashing on the A button repeatedly to attempt to kill the enemy, but there are usually a lot of them on the screen, and when you don't really get any reward, it's just a lot more fun to bounce on half a dozen enemies' heads in succession than it is to go into turn-based battles with each of them if you don't really get anything out of it. At least for me. I I gotta say, a lot of the level designs were pretty good. I remember the House of Sniffets where they... It was structured kind of like a game show. That was fun. The stage that went through the airship from Super Mario 3, that was fun. The final castle was pretty big. And I gotta say, this is the first Mario game in a long time where Bowser never says a word. He's just um, a mute antagonist. Uh, And the music was pretty catchy. Most of it was descended from older Mario games, and I think everybody on the planet who is at all familiar with video games has heard those tunes some. (coughs) And it looked good. It certainly looked good. But my tolerance level for puzzles that are that require a lot of experimentation and you can't do it all in succession because you keep losing the item and having to go back and get it again. That's never been very high. Mm. And having to beg Nintendo of America for hints on something because I can't... (laughs) Because I've been trying (coughs) to figure it out and I can't get it, so I have to have Mac try and be a referee for me. Please... Can't you help me? That's why we didn't get a review out when the embargo ended for this game. I wasn't done with it yet. I might have been done if I had been able to solve all those damn puzzles in time, but I wasn't. And yeah, that probably means I suck at puzzles somehow or other, but this this has been a fact for years. I, there's no getting around it anymore. So I'm I'm clearly not enthusiastic about it, Mr. Apps. Why don't you... <laughs> sell people on it where I'm failing. (laughs) I mean, a lot of your complaints aren't necessarily invalid or anything. Um, It's kind of got some of the same issues that a lot of classic adventure games uh, run into, especially where you can get uh, pretty frustrated if you just can't figure anything out. Um, But I don't know, I just... Yeah, I understand your complaint about the not having a lot of rewards as far as combat goes, but I just thought that the combat was so fun that um, kind of mitigates that a bit. Um, let me think what else. Um, I found combat fun for the boss fights and any other major consequential fight, but when you <laughs> on the same the same damn Goomba that you've just killed a dozen times already and you're not getting anything out of it, it loses the fun a little to me. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I, I don't know. I just... I, I got into combat a lot and I enjoyed doing it. Um, especially trying to conserve, conserve like some of the better stickers for bosses and stuff like that. Um, but really, I liked... I really liked... Kind of puzzles, uh, where how to use the things. Yes, that is the actual name of them, things. It is. (laughs) Seriously. 
um, going to the different locations, look, searching around for secrets and stuff. Um, certainly not perfect. I, I doubt I would have scored it much higher than you, to be honest. Because, um, yeah, I, I gave it a 3 out of 5. That, that yeah. means I did not hate it by any stretch. Sure. Um, so I probably didn't like it a ton more than you, but I definitely definitely had a lot of fun I, and you know, enjoyed the way it was designed, trying something a bit different than the other Paper Mario games. Uh, and I now, just, it's, I, it's very text light. Do not go into this if you need a story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's still got the funny aspects that a lot of the Paper Mario games have, but not uh, not as much, for sure. But you know, I I like the design. I don't I don't really think that you know it's it's tough uh, kind of doing a change, kind of keeping a lot of what Paper Mario previous Paper Mario games have done, but removing that the like experience reward for combat was definitely it's definitely weird, um, and it's definitely not going to be for everyone. Um, so I, I I could fully understand anyone not liking it for that reason, especially because there there are often a lot of enemies in the different areas. Yeah, and the, given that it feels like an action an action Mario game in many respects, <coughs> it often felt odd to me to jump on something's head and instead of it immediately dying, or you know sticking yeah. spiky or spiny or whatever, that I would get into a fight with it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's kind of the big thing about it. It it just feels weird for anyone that's played like a lot of, uh, especially anyone that's played uh, regular Mario games and the Paper Mario games. It's kind of just feel odd. And honestly, I could see this game would have been a lot better if it had been like uh, Super Paper Mario and just kind of like a more straight out action action adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because then in that case, uh, not having rewards for combat would uh, definitely be a lot more understandable and fit in a lot better with that style. So I think that's kind of the big thing: is it just not necessarily that um, not necessarily that not having a lot of reward for combat is a terrible idea. That just it doesn't completely fit with this kind of game. I guess what I'm saying. Yeah, I... but it's it's still fun, and especially if you're <coughs> kind of like adventure games, looking around, figuring out what to do with things. Yeah, it's uh, a very strange style. Most adventure games have a heck of a lot more text than this one does. Yeah, that's true. Um, there isn't as much in the way of clues to figure some things out, and I remember. I wanted to like play this and not have look up look up any uh <laughs> solutions, but I definitely had to <laughs> yeah i again if if I had been able to figure everything out in a quick way, then we would have had a timely review for the game. <laughs> but we, have our, we have our standards at r p gamer we must finish yeah. the game and it must be said that the final showdown with Bowser would have five phases. That was pretty cool. Yeah. You know, 
So yeah, I could definitely I, I really understand a lot of the complaints about the game, but I think that it still is a lot better than a lot of people give it credit for. And I don't mean you, since you still gave it a good score. But, you know, there's a lot more negativity out there for this game that I think is a bit unwarranted because there's, there's still a lot of fun to be had. But, you know... Well, I seem to... Rec- I recall reading Parrish's review of Mario Luigi Dream Team, and he thought that it might have been, in, in part, a backlash against Sticker Star's extreme lack of exposition the sheer amount of text that went into that game to make sure that you ha- are not lost at any point, that you know exactly what you should be doing and how to do it. I and can see maybe that. <laughs> so, uh, so we gotta we gotta wrap this up because we got a few more games to talk about here, guys. Bottom line: this game is fifteen dollars at uh, on eBay. Worth it or not? Absolutely. Mickey? I found it in a pawn shop a couple of weeks ago for. Five bucks? I don't know how. It was complete. But, yeah, for five bucks, certainly. Go for it. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. Well, you mentioned that it it didn't quite get the uh, recognition or whatever it deserved, but uh, one game that I don't think has that particular issue is Shin Megami Tensei Persona 4 Golden, developed (laughs) by Ablish, (laughs) published published in North America by Atlas, released... (laughs) On the Vita in North America on November 20th, 2012, a single player social simulating role playing game. And uh, just go play it. Just really, we've talked about this, guys and girls. What? What? Just buy yes. it, play what? it. I, it. Seriously, this is just I've about it three times. Oh my gosh. And it's worth it. I have bought it twice. Uh, buy this, it. This game, um, yeah, I think I bought it three times. Three or four times, and uh, the digital copies. And I'll tell you, I mean the Vita, uh, the Vita version. The, oh, wait, that's what we're talking about specifically. The golden, golden Vita version. It's a system seller, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. think the original Persona Four was called Golden. No, no, the one I have on my PlayStation is not Golden. Uh, is, was there any other place where Golden was released other than the Vita in no. North America? Well, I mean, you can play it on, on the Vita. You can play it on the Vita TV. Now, Vita TV. There you that's, go. That's a Vita. We, we don't really care how you guys play it. Just just figure out a way. Borrow your friend's Vita. Find a Vita used. This is this is actually if you go down this rabbit hole with Persona Four uh, and you get your Vita for that, I promise you, you will find so many great RPGs in the PlayStation Network library. We mentioned this on the last show. So we get into is out on the Vita and the PlayStation Three. And uh, and I tell you, it's the hand. Personally, I know everyone's got a different opinion on this, but personally, these kind of uh, RPGs, the turn-based RPGs, just feel perfect to me in my hand. Uh, you know, they're great, uh, great time killers when doing something else. <coughs> so, uh, hey, wife wants to watch a romantic movie? That's fine. I've got Persona for Golden right here. Oh yeah. So, uh, or so we get into now. Uh, let's see what else here. Baldur's Gate. Yeah, I think okay. they actually dropped the Shin Megami Tensei for Golden. Yeah, they, they did actually. No, you're yeah, actually... Wasn't it, wasn't it dropped it, for uh, Persona 3 too? No, in, but, I think in Japan it, it was. For, it might have been for Portable. Oh my gosh, guys, but, are you ready to have your minds blown? You can get this game for $18. Wow. 
Oh my god, what in the hell are, what in the hell are you doing listening audience? If you have got a Vita and you've not gotten this game yet, you are just insane. If you don't have a Vita, save up for one. Because you want to play this game. There's so many other games on the Vita. We could be here all day. Uh, it is brand new uh, for 30. I see a copy for 30. I see a copy for 40. But most importantly, there's a copy for $127.49. Brand new and factory sealed. The premium edition, whatever the hell that means. Solid gold premium edition for $127. Teddy better bust out of the wrapper and give me a big hug. Uh, anywho. Uh, no, actually, I wouldn't like that. Uh, okay, let's move on. Baldur's Gate Enhanced Edition. Developed by Overhaul Games, published by Atari, released, oh my goodness gracious, on Microsoft Windows, November 28, 2012. That's why it's two years old and on this segment. But it's also been released on iOS, December 7, 2012. OSX, in other words, your Mac computers, on February 22, 2013. And on Android, April 17, 2014. Last but most certainly not least, we know that the majority of our listeners are running Linux. You too can play Bosch Game Enhanced <laughs> Edition. It um, just—it was just released a month ago, on November twenty-seven, twenty fourteen. This is a single and multiplayer RPG experience. Now we have talked about Baldur's Gate ad nauseum. It's a—it's a really great, uh, fun, deep RPG. If you can get over the archaic second edition AD and D rules, which yeah, that's that's where <laughs> that is that is that is the hurdle. Um, it, it is rough. I mean, I remember when I bought the game. I bought the original uh, Baldur's Gate. Uh, the, the instruction book was nice, big, thick, and juicy, which for me was awesome. But a, a lot of people, that's a huge turnoff, especially uh, here in the later part of the twenty first. Uh, well, not later part. Of the 21st, that, whatever. We're in 2014, 2015. It, people just don't like big instruction we're, books. We're about to have flying cars, Phil. Twenty fifteen is on the horizon. I know. That's what. That's what I learned from Back to the Future. Uh, anyways, so also you'll uh, have a fax machine in every room of your house. And you all played the enhanced edition, didn't you, Maps? No, no. I I bought it, but I bought it, but you didn't want to go back to those archaic negative armor class rules and uh, Thacko. Oh, and let's not forget uh, the uh, Venetian, no the Venetian uh, spellcasting <laughs> system. You know, why why have magic points when you can have like so many spells per level? Because that's awesome. Final Fantasy One style, no less. Of course, D and D did it first, so take that for what it's worth. Yeah, it is tough to get into, boys and girls. I won't lie, but but if you can get, if you can put it on easy, just put it on easy. Trust me on this. Put it on easy. Uh, it is it is fun. Now the enhanced edition, uh, I have uh, I have not bought it myself. I have not played it myself. I have had friends buy and play it. Uh, there are some bugs where they probably have worked those out by now, Betty, because it's been two years. So when it first came out, this would have I would have told <laughs> you to go out and buy the original version on GOG and just patch it up. Because um, with GOG, by the way, one of the things that the uh, Enhanced Edition does is it gives you more real estate on your screen. So it'll say increased resolution. It's not actually increasing the resolution of, of the game. It's basically when the game first came out, it was running at like 480 by 640 or something like that. So if you play it on a modern-day monitor, it's this little tiny screen in the middle, which is really not conducive to gameplay because it's already got small icons and small details you have to pay attention to. Um, on most monitor, monitors, you can set that, by the way, to stretch it out to where uh, – Maybe it doesn't stretch out sideways, but at least stretches out, uh, you know, in proportion to, you know, 4-3 aspect ratio. Anywho, the enhanced edition actually uses all the available pixels on your on your screen. So you can actually see more real estate, which will help with some of the bigger battles because when I was doing those fights, uh, the character sprites are big enough to where they take up a, a good portion of the screen with the monsters and stuff. You have to do a lot of scrolling around. So I, I can see where that could be helpful. Uh if you're going to go enhanced I, and you have all these different platforms, I would recommend the Windows version where you're using a mouse and keyboard. Um, 
<clears throat> I know it's more convenient to go around playing on your tablet, um, and and the controls are doable that they put in here, but there are a couple of issues. So uh, my recommendation. Uh, anywho, if you've already got the original one, there's a couple of additions uh, to this one. I think a couple new characters. Aside, you know, the resolution you can easily patch that in with the fan patch. So that's never been a big selling point for me, who already you know owns it from GOG, as well as I've got it on like five discs somewhere. Um, so um, I would say just stick with the with the old. One. It's probably not worth it unless you're going to get like on a two dollar sale or something on Steam, which would not be uncharacteristic since they are actually doing their end of the year sale now. Last but not least, and I'm very curious to hear if any of you guys have played this, Ragnarok Tactics, a tactical RPG for your PlayStation Portable, a spinoff of Ragnarok Online developed by Gung Ho Online Entertainment, because you know, these everyone's heard of Gung Ho, uh, published in North America by Axis Games, released on November 6, 2012, and as I mentioned, a tactical single-player RPG and uh, on the PlayStation Portable, one of the last, if not the last, <laughs> games to come out on the PSP. Any of y'all played this one by chance? Oh, yeah, I've reviewed this one. Oh, cool! Yay! I, I played a and it's, bit of it and it's not the last PSP game, because there's one coming out in January. Yeah. What, what's coming out in January? Brandish. Brandish. Which is even, which has, is even a really old PSP game in Japan. <laughs> So think about that for a minute. Much older Super Nintendo game. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So are they actually planning? Okay, I know this is a sidetrack, but are they planning to release this Brandish or whatever have you through the PSN? Yeah. Really? Yeah. It will be beta compatible. So yeah. I'm pretty surprised considering they released Suikoden and didn't make that work on the PSP. Which I think I talked about that last show. Um, anywho, so let's let's uh, focus on Ragnarok. Uh, is this uh, tactics here? <laughs> so, uh, guys, uh, fun, not fun. What's the gameplay like, Mister? I reviewed it. Tell me more. That's you, Alex. <laughs> I didn't review it. Oh, sorry, I was on mute. <laughs> Fair enough. We all do it. So, tell us more about it. Yeah, uh, meh, basically. <laughs> meh. We've uh, wrapped this whole show up in one word. <laughs> Meh. That, that, that about sums it up. That's it's... the title of our show today. Meh. <laughs> kind of generic yeah, it, it's strategy a, RPG. Yeah, basically, it's really short. It's yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 it's all I can say. It's a tactical RPG. <laughs> it's not. It's all right. <laughs> So you're saying it's no Final Fantasy Tactics or Front Mission 3 or anything like that? No, nothing like that. Nothing like that. It does have decent replay value because of the way the story works. You've sort of got got sort of three branching... Three branching ways that sort of merge together overall. So you're sort of getting... Basically, sort of half a story from each playthrough. But... Yeah, it's got a decent localization access to that, but apart from that, there's not really much going for it. Hmm. Okay. Well, no wonder I didn't I mean, hear anything about this. It, <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll sink some time decently. I mean, there's nothing. It's not gonna. It's not a painful experience in any way, but it's not. It's not an overly yeah. exciting one. I mean, if you see it on sale, you know, it's probably a decent pickup, in PSN. But you know. It's, 
not anything well, uh, to write home about. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of good tactical RPGs uh, like uh, Ogre Tactics and stuff on the PSP. So I'm pretty sure people have probably better things to do with their time. Um, and heaven forbid they got Vita because they really should be playing Golden instead. All right, fair enough. Um, hmm. All right, so that was your. Uh, that that was a segment. Yeah, so we're going to take a break from this segment, <laughs> whatever segment it is. I'm not even going to look up the price on that one because I think you, you know you wrapped it up with a meh. Um, so we're going to take a we're going to take a break and uh, wrap this show up with the final lap. Answer your questions. Talk about what's bothering us, uh, what we're playing, what we're doing, what we got for Christmas, uh, and definitely not talking about Dragon Quest anything. Because no, no, we might talk about Dragon Warrior, but not Dragon Quest. Uh, so, uh, or maybe we will. Anyways, uh, we'll start off actually by reading your comments on the forums over at board.rpgamer.com forward slash forum where you too can join in on the conversation and chit chat with your fellow RP gamers about the last RPG backtrack or, or any of them for that matter. As a reminder, if you're listening through our vast backlog of podcasts, which may be found at rpgamer.com, uh, you and, and you want to say, you know, talk about some of those older shows, just do it on the, the newest thread, whatever episode we're currently on, and just mention that old show or show number would help. Anywho, uh, RP, our last show, number 133, it wasn't always an oxymoron where we spoke about Final Fantasy 1 through 3. We got a few comments. First one, Mr. Sir Sniffy. Sniffy? Sniffy? He's got a picture of She-Ra for crying out loud. Did you see this, Mike? It's, yes, it's a picture of the She-Ra action figure. Okay, it's creeping the hell out of me right now. Can you read the comment? I can't even look at the screen. To this day, I have never listened to a single full episode of RPG Backtrack. Not sure why, but it always just cuts off at the beginning. I thought it was my media player, but it happens on any PC that I use. The intros are great slash funny in any case. That was that was not a good She-Ra impersonation. I'm sorry. It's okay. So it's I hard I, for me to do female voices. You know, I did respond that if anybody else had some more information, let me know. I I usually randomly test these files myself. Plus, I see all the the you know I'm always eyeballing certain things. I'll fully admit I don't sit there and listen to the M, the final MP3 from beginning to end uh, because I've already listened to the audacity and things like that and put the whole thing together. 
but anytime I have gone to spot checked it, it's been fine. And, and we do have at least, uh, what was the last time we checked? We sat, we had like six listeners and no one else was really complaining, but it, you know, but, but Hey, you know, if anybody else has any issues, anyways, I did some research and I found out what the problem is. Apparently if you're listening to the podcast and you reach to your back and you pull out a giant sword and you say, for the honor of Skull," and voices boom out, She-Ra, She-Ra, and lightning starts sparkling everywhere. Apparently, it can create electromagnetic interference, which can cut off the podcast. So don't do it, okay? Just try to listen. I know sometimes when you're listening to us, you want to go in full She-Ra mode. Just don't do it, okay? That shouldn't, that should actually go without saying. I yeah. hope. Yeah. What's our next comment, Mr. Mike? That came from Shaman. <coughs> I really wanted to do a Final Fantasy Vision Quest, similar to the one Phil is still doing with Dragon Quest. I bought Final Fantasy II PSP for three bucks and set out to knock it down. I heard bad things, a lot of them, and I wanted to give it a fair shake. What I saw were systems that were still broken, nonsensical character deaths, and the first RPG I ever played were healing items... Phil, this is, the, this is the time where you do the ampersand. Ampersand. Miss. I defy you to find another I- game where a healing item can miss. And yes, that is something that we forgot to mention. Uh, I forget exactly how it's dictated, but yeah, items can miss in Final Fantasy 2. Isn't that fun? Oh, man. Oh, you know what this reminds me of? A little game that may or may not be called Dragon Quest, where... For the freaking longest time, you're stuck with the ampersand zing spell, which only has a 50% (laughs) chance of raising your ampersand character. And it's a paid in the ampersand ass. I I just, I hate that. So right now I'm playing a certain game and it's like half my party. uh, Like there's one person who can cast zing and I just leave them in the wagon because for some odd reason... You, you you can't really bring people from the wagon into battles like you could in previous games because there's no large caves anywhere, I swear. So, But you can access their spells. So you know what? I have one person who's simply a resurrection battery. That's all she – whatever the hell it is does. And and But of course they miss like 50 – it says 50 percent. But there's been times where I've cast that spell five times in a row. Fail, 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 fail. And I just watch the magic points go down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, they need to be shot. Bad idea. Bad idea. Healing anything shouldn't miss. I agree. And then, and then, Strawberry chimed in to remind me of something that I had repressed from the fifth Fire Emblem game, which we talked about a long time ago. Where, uh, if a unit's skill stat is not high enough, then healing staves can miss in a Fire Emblem game. Does that sound fun? Yeah. Yeah, again, boys and girls developing <laughs> developing RPGs. You know what as as masochistic and whatever Dungeon Dragon is, the the freaking healing spells on your party do not miss. There's our reason why. Well, fire the fifth fire emblem is in fact the hardest in the series having played I haven't played all of them but it was leaps and bounds above all the others that I've played, so I'm fairly confident in saying that. And uh, for some reason, certain mechanics didn't come back. I wonder why. Hmm. Let's skip uh, down to Silktail. 
Uh, what does Silktail say? What does Silktail... Oh, yeah. You want, you want me to read it? All right. <clears throat> and yes, Silktail, this is the original Final Fantasy II we are talking about. Uh, he then asked for examples of this problem of the missing healing items because uh, they... Yeah, they... I'm pretty sure they happened. That that is not among my strongest memories of the game, but I'm sure they happened. And then Silktail had not actually listened to the backtrack before commenting, which might in fact explain why he was wondering which Final Fantasy we were talking about. Here's here's a here's an RP gamer pro tip, boys and girls. If you're commenting on a thread that is labeled RPG backtrack number one thirty three Listen to it, because it's awesome. Not because uh, you're participating. What's what's what did you say? That never stopped me before. They never stopped. They never stopped me before either. I'm like, I'm on your know, RPG cast. Hey, what did you guys know? That's not right. So now I, I Phil, yeah. Do you realize? No, did you notice? Did you notice? No, I didn't. No, I didn't say. I didn't say he should have listened to it so he knew what the hell he was talking about. I didn't say that. I could have, but I did. I said he should listen to it because it's awesome. Which it is. But Phil, if if we are opening the gallery to people commenting without listening, then we are just encouraging a certain Rhea Rizender to start chiming in the way he does on certain active topical banter's, despite his open admission that he never listens to it. Never listens to it. Well, number one, I'm pretty sure he's not listening to RPG Bag Check either. No, he isn't. That's a guarantee. Number that's a guarantee. Number two, let him comment away. I got him on ignore. So it just says Rhea has posted something. Would you like to read it? Yes or no. I never click yes. Never. I, I learned that. Every once in a while I succumb to the – in the past I would succumb to the temptation. It's my New Year's resolution. I will not succumb. But we're not at the New Year yet, Phil. You you need to up your stress levels a little bit before you can call, throw them all back down with January 1st. Try, try – no, no. And, and, and I think somebody quoted – okay, I, I don't want to sound like I'm bashing on people here, but I, sometimes I can help myself. Someone quoted – him, her, it, whatever, and where where they were like, but Dragon Quest Seven's the best. Oh my god! No, okay, nope, stop, nope, nope. Don't read it, Phil. Skip it. It's a quote. Stupid for. Okay, what else? Oh, let's see. That would be, have been Shaman responding that he used a maiden's kiss on Maria in Final Fantasy II PSP while she was under Frog, and it said Miss. That, that's a wonderful story, isn't it? That. Again, I can't believe that we forgot to address this last episode, but it is indeed a thing. Wow. Yeah, that's great design decision, boys and girls. How in the hell did they ever get past two and three to make for – well, we talked about that. We did. All right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, real fast here. Victor says, uh, Phil, you were just joking. We said Dragon Quest Six might beat you, right? It's not exactly the long slog DQ7 is, I promise. Uh, for example, the final storyline I just one of the shorts you've seen. Uh, maybe. Uh, I, 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 my mind is open to the possibility. Am I there yet with DQ6? No. No. I, I have gotten to uh, – you know, so there's green, yellow, and red. And red is when I'm pretty ready to let the game beat me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm on yellow right now. Yellow because I'm having to break down and look at – uh, facts on uh, more than once or twice occasion now just to figure out what the hell to do next and uh, and there are some things that are grating on me such as the fact that I don't understand what is the purpose of having a party of six or seven or eight people when none of the capes I'm going into allow me to bring the wagon 
So and and because of the way the leveling mechanics in the class system works, uh, there's no point in rotating out my people. I might as well just have the strongest people in the front in the party because the ones in the wagon are earning all the same experience in class and what it points and whatever have you. So there's never any incentive for me to put the weak people or the weaker people, the lower level people into the party. I should just go in with the toughest you know brawliest guys or whatever have you and those other guys are collecting xp and class points but maybe my mind will change obviously as i get to the last cast i know normally the other dragon quest games the final boss would be somebody you could swap people out on but it just seems like to me that a much larger proportion of this particular title is not allowing me uh to to do a lot of party swapping in the fights as compared to let's say dragon quest four or five so less strategy it feels like to me anyways um and but yeah that huge ass world that it has on one hand it's a bonus on the other hand i hate feeling like i don't know where the hell to go next when i go to it says in the instruction book clearly if you're lost go talk to the fortune teller lady i warp back i talked to her you know what she says she doesn't know (laughs) pain in my freaking oh my gosh i'm gonna take a pot miss cleo you should not be allowed to continue in your fortune telling capacity if you don't know the very being a fortune teller it strongly implies that you ought to at least have a fortune. It comes telling then. I don't know. It comes with certain responsibilities, like being able to tell the hey, whatever. Anyways, uh, yeah. So I've got some frustrations, but on the other hand, uh, I'm still I am enjoying something like uh, I just got through this uh, underwater area, or whatever have you. That was was pretty tough. I was I was really like Were you under the sea. Under the seat. Da, 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 da. Okay, stop it, Minky. Damn you. Um, no, I was in the I was in the cave uh, that's in the uh, – you, you can go down the well in uh, – good grief, I'm terrible with town names, but the main town. Oh, screw it. Anyways, tough underwater well dungeon whatever that was actually killed off my character a few times. And other than the fact that I really hate the fact that Zing is 50%, so resurrect doesn't work, resurrect doesn't work, resurrect doesn't work. That kind of makes me a little cranky. But uh, because I didn't know how long the dungeon was, and the battles were literally every four steps, I was really rationing out my magic points using the staff of healing just about every turn to to keep people topped off and uh, using skills and such that, uh, you know, very sparingly that required magic points. So that, you know, I I do enjoy that to to some degree there. Uh, There were some tough tough guys there. But, um, yeah, so... Anyways, I'm I'm still enjoying it more than I'm hating it. Is my point. So yeah, I I, I I'll have more opinion later. We talk about more detail. Speaking of, so and that would go to another thread. So 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 let's let's see what else we want to talk about. We want to talk about what's going on at RP Gamer, right? Because there's a lot of stuff going on RP Gamer. You want to go over to rpgamer.com because it is your home for news reviews and really the best RP gaming community on the net. We have all of our articles are very role-playing centric and you're not going to find them on other websites. So we've got a review right now of Fantasy Life. We've got a review of Tales of uh, Erevan, Seasons of the Wolf. We've got screenshots of new Atelier Verona. We've got a retro view of Dragon Warrior 7 which has already hit 25 comments. We have uh, an active topical banner up. That's our sister podcast. We have Horde of the Dragon Queen uh, uh, saving throw review. That's our pen and paper uh, section. We've got everything on our site. So you want to go over, you want to check it. We even have a review of Destiny because somehow that's an RPG. Go and check it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Go and it's check. Your, it's your destiny to read all these reviews. It, it, it is absolutely your destiny. And uh, we've got a poll uh, on our site right now. Mr. Mister Minky, what is this poll all about? It's all about picking your favorite Dragon Quest, Phil. And uh, can you tell Although us? Although Mac, Mac asked me to leave 10 off for some reason. I can't imagine why. So in number one place is Dragon Mr. Quest. Mr. Apps, do, do you... Do you secretly long that I had left ten on this list? No, um, <laughs> I tried to download a demo for that and that didn't quite work out. So no. Right now we have uh, Dragon Quest Eight in first place with a huge lead at fifty-two uh, percent. Uh, but uh, what was interesting was second place, Dragon Quest Seven. Ooh. I haven't checked. Eleven <laughs> percent. I took the results last night. Obviously they've. Uh, yeah. All right. All right. Let me I'm look looking at it right now, in real see. time. Look at it. Yeah. this is uh-huh. this is on the scene coverage by <laughs> RPG Backtrack. <laughs> Bam. Yes. Well, Drag- that, that was definitely not my vote. <laughs> Dragon Quest Seven is is holding second place by three votes, uh, followed by my four. personal favorite so far, which is four. As I'm going through my RPG trek, that might change when I actually get through eight and nine. And then nine is uh, is bringing up the next uh, place there with seven percent. So yeah, go ahead and lock in your vote. Uh, but speaking of uh, speaking of reviews and retro reviews and stuff and whatever have you, yeah, there's a retro review of Dragon Quest Seven. I don't want to go over it here and now because we're gonna we're gonna have a nice RPG backtrack on Seven soon enough. But uh, if you got an opinion on Seven, you might want to go read the review <laughs> and then keep that topic bouncing. Keep it, keep it at the top. Keep it bubbled Tell, up. Show us why Enix felt it was safe to trademark Dragon Quest once the trademark for Dragon Quest was uh, let go by. I think it was D and D because that's why it was called Dragon Warrior because somebody else had the Dragon Quest trademark over here. Damn you, TSR. Ah. Uh... So uh, we will we will be getting into more detail on that in the not too distant future on our show. Alrighty, what else do or, we? Or maybe you can chime in on that thread and say, "Gosh, wouldn't it be nice if the 3DS revision of Dragon Quest VII had come out here? Because it doesn't look like it will." And we can thank all the people who didn't buy Dragon Quest four, five, and six on the DS. I'm sure for why that isn't allowed to happen. That's why we can't have nice things. People didn't buy enough Dragon Quests. That, I'm sure that's it. There's, there can't be any other explanation, really. No, no. Absolutely. You know what's better? Absolutely, objectively, everyone can agree, is better than Dragon Quest or Warrior 7? Uh, fudge? No. Witcher 2. Because those are apples to apples. So Witcher, <laughs> <laughs> Witcher 2, I'm giving away a free copy. I tweeted this earlier today. If you want a free copy through Steam of Witcher 2... What you need to do is shoot me off an email and mention fine, uh, Dragon Warrior 7 is awesome. Okay? You might be completely <laughs> lying, but that you know what? That's the contest rules. The first person to, to say that to me through emails, jcservant at cyberlightcomics.com. They don't have to say anything else? Not any nope. kind of reasoning? Nope. Just uh, so they get the, they get the score for they use the number rather than the... Yes. It has to be the proper <laughs> nomenclature. Absolutely. So, uh, and you might want to spell my email address correctly. Otherwise, you I may not get your message. Um, and you'll want to make sure you're using the email address registers to your Steam account because that's where I'll be emailing the code. 
So through Steam. So, uh, Mr. Apps, I understand yes. you have also played some of Dragon Quest Seven, but not the version I did. <laughs> well, I have played some of that one, but I have played the wondrous 3DS remake. So um, you would you would agree with our very own Michael Baker that that version is considerably better? Yes. Um, despite not knowing Japanese. Um, I got through the the long opening section in uh, half the time I did in uh, the original version. You remember that section, Phil. I know you've played this far. Uh, yeah. The fight-free, puzzling you know, opening dungeon. You know, um, it's never a good sign for me, knowing if you all know me and my gaming habits and my preferences, you know how much I despise having to resort to facts. And it's a pretty bad sign when in the to beep beep understand whatever hours I'm already looking up a fact because that's exactly what the hell I was doing in that game uh yeah good times uh anywho uh but more on that much more on that later so oh we've got all kinds of news and stuff but uh you know let's break up my monotonous ranting with someone tell me what's going on with them let's pick Mr. Apps What's new with you? What you playing? What you doing? Well, uh, I've had two reviews recently. Destiny, uh, which is a really fun yet deeply flawed game. And what's kind of funny about that is uh, so I had one really big complaint about that game, dealing with like uh, there was like only one way to get upgrade materials for your gear, which was really annoying. And a week after I posted my review, they patched in a new way uh, to get the upgrade materials in the game. <laughs> now, that's not technically uh, an MMO, but it's it's uh, you know persistent online yeah. type of game, right? Yeah. I definitely would not call it an MMO. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's a challenge with... The, I mean, uh, Diablo wouldn't be an MMO, but it's also a persistent uh, online yeah. type of game. And that's the thing. Those games have changed so much. I got friends who, you know played Diablo 3 when it came out and, and or when the first expansion when the expansion came out it's like even since that expansion came out which wasn't all that long ago it's still a very different game than you know when it when it came out so if you're going off of those old reviews or anything like that they become outdated pretty quickly yeah it's it's always uh, kind of a risky thing to do reviewing a game like that but I, I, I think um, it's still a game worth talking about. Do you feel like it's a game that you'll be going back to over the next year or two, just here and there to see what's new or to play some more? Oh, I I play that with my friends like multiple days a week. Nice. Yeah, we I, I I play that a ton. So definitely. So is it is it like a, a Borderlands type of thing? Definitely not. Like I, I people seem to want to make that comparison because it's an RPG ish shooter uh, with. It's an RPG shooter with uh, uh, gear to some extent, but it's definitely far, far different. Uh, It's more of a shooter than Borderlands is. Like, bar none, the action is a lot better than Borderlands. Um, But as far as the RPG mechanics, not as good as Borderlands. And uh, the gear. Liking Borderlands, Phil. Uh, you know, I, I you know, because I I I'm kind of antisocial and I don't have a lot of friends. 
Uh, I played Borderlands by myself and it was okay, but as a single player experience, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not quite what it was designed for. So yeah. it's, it's a little lacking for me, but, um, you know, I, I still go back in and play a little bit more of the story here and there. Well, this, this is definitely another game that you, you don't really want to play single player. Cause it's really, it, it's, it's a multiplayer shooter. Uh, with RPG elements, I think would be the best way to describe it. <coughs> um, what else was I going to say about that? I think that's it. Uh, you know, we like, I think we sometimes like to make fun of a lot of these big blockbuster games that don't turn out quite right, but uh, there's still a lot to like about this game, and uh, Bungie still knows how to make good shooters, so. If you yeah. like, I, I would really mostly recommend it to people that like shooters, and not necessarily recommend it for anyone going in for anything like RPG related. RPG. Yeah. Yeah, if I you saw have... the reviews. It's like, ah, oh, to get into lore, yeah. you have to read these websites or whatever. Oh, the the lore sucks. Let's. Uh, I'm not going to sugarcoat that. Um, so yeah, if you like shooters and you have some friends to play with. It's uh, definitely highly recommended. Otherwise, proceed with caution. Uh, I also reviewed Tears to Tiara 2. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. And I understand so did Alex, and your viewpoints were not quite equal. Alex oh. Fuller versus Michael Apps. Fight! I, I don't think they were dramatically far off. Okay, that we're supposed to hype this up. It's like a wrestling match, and you're doing the opposite here. Okay, I really need you to deep down, okay, you know, dig sorry. down deep, and find oh, your inner anger off. towards Alex. Thank tears you. Tears to Tiara. Like, Harvey. Tears to Ziara <laughs> because it made me fall asleep. Ziara, nice. I like that cheap shot below the waist. Well, it, it's really not a cheap shot because I actually fell asleep multiple times. Nice <laughs> during story sequences. Um, how, how does that how does that make you feel, Alex? <laughs> how does that comment make you feel? That makes me feel angry. Oh, right. <laughs> Tell me more about this anger. <laughs> would you like to? Would you describe it as rage? Like perhaps if he was right in front of you, rip his head off. No, I right. think that's that's a bit extreme. By the way, I've been watching a lot of WWE. I got the WWE Network. It's really great. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm up to WrestleMania 7 now. So, Let me tell you something, brother. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so uh, so one of you liked it and the other one didn't, I take it. Well, it's, I think it's basically the one aspect that we disagreed on. That was yes. the story. Yeah. I, I thought it was a bad visual novel, and Alex thought it was a better visual novel. Yeah. And I think I think we both liked the combat. Did you dislike the combat at all? No, the combat was perfectly fine. It was yeah, it was good tactical stuff. So more interesting than Ragnarok tactics. Oh, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's more interesting nothing. than Ragnarok tactics would seem to apply to any given basin of dishwater. I would understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's a lot of neat things about the tech combat, like the ability to uh, rewind without any consequence, to eliminate a lot of the frustrations of maybe having to replay certain parts. Uh, and there's it's, there's just a lot of nice things about the combat. And Plus, elephant. 
Yes, plus the elephant. It's got an elephant. You swap your... Use it, the cart it pulls to swap your party members in and out. It's pretty cool. And if only I could just, you know, completely skip all the story segments. Then I would have no complaints. Well, Mr. Mr. Apps, I'm afraid you're no longer allowed on the show uh, because after speaking with my very good bud Alex Fuller about this game, I rushed out to Amazon to buy it because there's only two copies left according to their little you know website and stuff. And 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 I feel justified in that because Alex told me it was a super awesome game with a super awesome story. So you coming on here with your negative attitude <laughs> is not helping me feel that my purchase was but, justified. But I said the combat was awesome. Okay, you and know it's what? It's really fun. And is your name worst... is your name Michael Apps or Debbie Downer? <laughs> at worst, uh, there's a fast forward button. Uh, you know what? You didn't mention that earlier when I gave you the chance, and you know, <laughs> I just—it's a—it's a shame that you weren't just a little more positive, like Alex is. You—you you failed to mention, for example, the exclusive bonus thirty-one page art book, which is included. Yeah, game has some nice art, and it's only thirty-three dollars. So it's almost like you just paid for the combat, not the story, anyways. So you're complaining about something that was thrown in for free. Um. You're just a negative person. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to be negative about today on the show? Hmm. Anything else I want to be negative about? You've got a youngster as well, so surely you appreciated the extra sleep it gave you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually. You know, you could have been like, hey, it really helped me out. You know, I had some insomnia. It's really just a matter of perspective. I oh, see right here. It says, uh, I just went to the website on Amazon. That's where I found the prize. Instant order update for Philip Willis. You purchase this item on December 2nd, 2014, after speaking with Alex Fuller. View this order. Little link right there to view the order. <laughs> I mean, it's all on there. It's pretty well documented. That means Bye. Amazon is taking even more conclusive notes than I thought it was about everything I do. It really is something else. I mean, it's scary. Like, I'm on Facebook, and things from my freaking wish list are showing up in the Facebook advertisements. That's that's some scary crap right there. I tell you, these guys are in bed with each other. Um, it's it's really funny because my older relatives, when they see something like that happen, they think they've got a virus. They're they're like, I swear someone's hacked into my computer because I'm on USA Today and I'm seeing I'm seeing this book or something. I was looking on Amazon. It's almost like they're reading my mind. No, it's cookies or something. I don't know how they do it, Dad. I just it's okay. You ain't got a virus. It's Jeff Bezos. <laughs> The instant you said he could have cookies on your machine, you were lost. <sighs> Anything else you would like to share with the audience tonight, Mr. Apps? Uh, I'm currently working on two review games. Um, what would they be? Alphadia Genesis, mm -hmm. which is a, uh, a eShop RPG. It's Kemco. You just need to say Kemco. Kemco. Yes, Kemco. <laughs> All right. uh, which is that, that sums it up pretty much. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's it's generic but fun. I guess would be the best way to describe it. So long as it's not crashing on you, I've heard Kemco games do that a lot. Well, I, have... I think it depends. The one I've played didn't crash, but I'm thinking of the one poor Sam played last summer. Yeah, yeah I, I think. think... 
a couple of them are dodgy. I think it sounds like Alphabet Genesis isn't is one no. of the better ones. Yeah, it, it, it's generic, simple, but fun. Uh, the combat has kind of ba- is badly animated, but nothing really bad about it. So is that the one with we'll 3D see. combat? Yes, 3D visuals. Okay. Yes, so it, it kind of looks like early bad. Well, it looks a little better than Wild Arms One, at least. Yeah, it, it's Kemco basically transitioning into the PS One era. Yep. <laughs> it's like they're giving you like the history of RPGs in game form. I guess soon enough we'll find out if one can reach the PS Two era without development costs spiraling. <laughs> <coughs> And let's see, the other game I'm working on for review is uh, Hyperdimension Neptunia Rebirth 2. Sister oh, Generation. You accepted, you accepted the code. Wow. <laughs> well, first of all, that was a mouthful. Second of all, you yeah. You deserve... You, yeah. You, you are a courageous soul, Mr. Apps. Uh, you, yeah, I did one hyper-dimensional doohickey one day. It was a moment of weakness. I was in a store. It was in the bargain bin, and I was like, oh, JRPG. I, I haven't played one of you know, these on my PlayStation in a while. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm so glad that was not a review because that, well, that, that was like cross-edge happening all over again. Well, I, I did have... Um... I did play the first Hyperdimension Rebirth on Vita, which I found to be not terrible. So, dude, does it have the ghost from Pac-Man in it? Uh, because the Hyperdimension Doohickey, know. I was playing like some of the enemy. The, the, I was like, I was laughing my ass off because one of the enemies I ran into, they were literally the ghost from Pac-Man. I kid you not. <laughs> I can't make this crap up if I try. Well, that, yeah, that's sort of what the game is. It is basically yeah. parody of the game industry. Yeah, it was funny as hell. Other yeah. than that, the game was, no. I mean, as an RPG itself, it was pretty crappy. But the references, <laughs> some of the references are pretty cute. 1.5, because I'll, I'll give it a point five, uh boost for making me laugh once or twice. <laughs> and I'm going to just say that applies to all the games in the series. I'm basing my opinion of the entire series off of that one four-hour experience I had. <laughs> Well, I think these Vita versions are actually better, maybe because oh, I think they're developed by a different, uh, like a different developer. I think it's that what they've done is they've completely they've just basically thrown out the original combat system the first yeah. two games and replaced <laughs> it with the one from the Junior V, which was much better received. Yeah. So. Well, and some of my complaints with the game I played would probably be minimal or not minimal, uh, reduced on a handheld because like, I mean, one of the things I, one of the things that was bugging me was just how little detail there was in the, in the, in the dungeons and the such, but on a handheld, it's not something I care as much about. Now the developer is Compile Heart, right? Uh, or, or is there a significant IF component? IF does not need to be spelled out. We know what IF I think it's a IF, but, what is IF? Idea Factory. Fit? Do you really need to? Oh, ow, ow, oh, ow. Come on, Phil. So, you know, just... How short our memories prove. Does my... Does my prolonged suffering at the hands of IF 
once upon a time for a game that I shall not mention right now? Had, did it make no impression upon you? Was your soul not permanently altered with a a permanent invocation to avoid the <coughs> this this bastion of the netherworld has somehow flung up from be from the depths of hell itself to regale the rest of the world and attempt to lure more people into the hell so you're saying I, it's bad. I just came up with I just came up with an intriguing theory behind the existence of this company <laughs> I think someone should make a thesis out of that. It's probably run by I Satan see, himself. I want to uh, see some college students out there come up with a thesis statement arguing for IF being behind an increased desire to draw more people into the nether regions. I'm pretty sure Idea Factory is Skynet. Ooh, nice call. Mm. Well, if that is the case, then it is, in fact, secretly in charge of our defense systems and will probably start a nuclear attack against Russia anytime now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Back to the point, the Vita <laughs> Hyperdimension Neptunia games are developed by some company called Felistella? Felistella? I don't know. Not Idea Factory or Compileheart. You said the name! I'm you sorry. You said the name. Come on, I've been through it too. Mugen Souls. Ah. Oh, actually, Mr. Apps, I noticed a tweet from our very own Trent Seeley today that I'm sure you can empathize with. Mugen Souls Z has beaten him. Oh, he's still trying to play that? No, he's oh. given up. He will give oh. an impression, but there will be no review. He wow. Has, he has proved the game has proved too much, and I'm oh. sure. I, I can understand that. I, I stared down that same black hole. Unfortunately, I decided to jump in. <laughs> well, sometimes you just gotta... In order to truly understand how bad things can be, it, it's yes. kind of like the the very extended in, in a, extended in time to a great length, that principle of if you tell a child not to touch the the hot oven, the child won't understand until the child has actually done it and immediately re- withdrawn the hand because, ow, oh, that hurt. But with bad games, generally, a quick touch is not enough. You need to hold it there for a long time to let the pain really sink in. And only then, only after you have hold, held your hand down for a very, very long time and the scars will never leave, only then can you truly understand how bad it can be? It's true. Like, uh, you know, I've seen some people say, hey, Final Fantasy Thirteen is the worst RPG ever. And, uh, you know, to the people that say that, I have a PlayStation 3 RPG you should play. <laughs> and then and then we'll have that discussion about Final Fantasy Thirteen again. I am perfectly prepared to believe that Final Fantasy XIII is not a great game, but to call it the worst <laughs> of all, that is really going out on a limb. Mm. And I, st- something tells me that most of the people who would utter such a thing don't have mm, quite the level of RPG experience that would be desired to make such a statement. And maybe that's a good thing. 
honestly, that they have well, never yeah. experienced our horror. Idea Factory really brings out the best in us, doesn't it? Um, maybe. In the, after I was finally done with that game, uh, God darn it, the sunlight seemed a little brighter outside. I, I was able to more accurately imbibe the the emotion known as joy afterwards. <laughs> After that game was finally done, I could say to myself, I never have to touch it again. It, it will never haunt me in the middle of the night again as unfinished business that will probably stick with me when Alzheimer's has afflicted me in decades and everything else in my life <laughs> has gone receding away into the cobweb-strewn past, and I'll just be wandering around a nursing home somewhere. Generations! Generations! Must play! You think I exaggerate, and perhaps I do, but not much. Nah, I believe you. <sighs> okay, let's move on. Anything? So, so yeah, okay. Hopefully that game is not as bad as, as all that. Uh, and I'm also writing a retro review for uh, .hack GU Volume 1, which I've talked about for a long time, but it, that will be done soon. Probably not before the end of the year, but um, soon. I- you are talking about 2014 and not 2015. I'm hoping. Yes, yes, it, it will. Be, yes. By the time I mean, we get this episode up, it will probably be 2015. That's true. I I mean that it will probably not be up before the end of 2014. Especially for Alex, who's already on New Year's Eve. <laughs> He's ahead of time. Oh, righty. Well. Uh, let's see here. A little bit of news. I'm going to like interject in between each one of y'all. That way I don't go off on another 20-minute monologue. Uh, so on GOG.com, you too. They're giving this away for free because GOG is awesome. They're great people, and they love RPGs. And, uh, and sometimes they just do things from the bottom of their heart. I'm just going to read this straight up. Uh, let's see here. Uh, no, I'm not going to read that straight up. I thought I was going to read straight up. I don't know what I did. Anyways, they are giving away. You, you, you can't believe this. Akalbeth. Akalabeth. Anybody know what that game is? Isn't that the the predecessor to Ultima? It is. That's right. Akalbeth originally released in 1980. A 14 megabyte download. 14 megabyte. <laughs> megabyte. That's <laughs> and developed by Richard Garriott, not even a company. Richard Garriott. That's bigger than most hard drives. <laughs> Then a dozen hard drives. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because they have to add DOSBox in with the regular program. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 14 megabytes after DOSBox. Before DOSBox, it was like 12 kilobytes. Uh, yeah. Big for 1980. This is a this is an adventure fantasy RPG uh, coming to you through GOG, and you too can get your very own free copy of Akalabeth, uh, World of Doom, the predecessor to. 
Ultima. So yeah, go ahead and check it out. It's it's there at GOG. I, I love GOG. They they do get a lot of um, RPGs there and stuff. And, and you know some of the ones, a lot of them I'll find on Steam, but I always see them first on GOG because Steam. There's so many games coming out on Steam, it can be hard to find the games that I'm interested in uh, as they're coming out uh, or see some of those um, uh, third party titles uh, pop up because it's just so overwhelming and, and so i only see the advertisements on steam which tend to highlight uh whatever's on sale or the first party games that have just come out but uh yeah a lot of good stuff on gog and then on uh, speaking of sales hopefully you got in on the steam end of the year sale but uh you know final fantasy 13 boys you're just talking about it it's a uh, it's a uh, retail price is sixteen dollars on Steam. Sale price is eight dollars, and it says enjoy the all time RPG classic on your PC now with a host of new features and enhancements. What they don't tell you, some of those enhancements are bugs that they haven't quite worked out yet with the PC <laughs> port. <laughs> so depends new features, I should say. Uh, so what do you guys think? Is it uh, those of you who played thirteen before? Is it worth eight dollars? Yes. Sixteen dollars. Yes. All right. Just about. <laughs> it's really funny because uh, uh, people can uh, define tags. So the tags for this that users have chosen: JRPG, oh, dear. great soundtrack, RPG, sci-fi, and wait for it, linear. <laughs> it's a tag. They've actually tagged it with linear. I've never seen it's, that on a game before. It's slightly linear. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So. Atmospheric with some other ones, turn-based combat action, which it's not turn-based, whatever. Yeah, there's turn-based combat and turn-based on here. Really? It's not (laughs) turn-based. I played it. It's not turn-based. Okay, boys and girls, the lesson is here: don't trust Steam tags. Just, just don't. Okay, moving on. Uh, Lots of good RP, lots of good sales on Steam. So hopefully you're a member of Steam and catching all those sales. And uh, seriously, if you don't have, like, some sort of fun laptop or PC, you're just missing out on so much really cheap, good, fun RPGs, including the very excellent Child of Light, which is on sale for $6. Mm-mm-mm. All right. What about Mr. Fuller? What is that with Mr. Fuller? Um, let's see. I posted a review a couple of days ago, which you previously mentioned, which was Seasons of the Wolf. Which is basically it's an indie visual novel RPG hybrid. It's and, a follow. It's a okay. follow up to Lauren the Amazon Princess, which I reviewed a couple, one or two months ago. And uh, and I read that review. It seems to me that could be summed up with one three letter word. That's starts, a bit harsh. starts with an M and ends with an H. No, uh, it was more interesting than that. Oh, it was more interesting than meh. <laughs> 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 so tell us a little bit about it for those people who aren't rushing to the site to read everything since they're listening to a podcast on the road driving and we don't want them to look at their smartphone to look up at the review while they're driving yeah. uh, it's by Wentworth which company that basically mostly specializes in visual novels but they sort of tried it's tried its hand at um, a couple of uh, fairly simple RPGs but this is one of them that's I mean, it, it's most of what you see from a visual novel of all the storytelling and stuff like that. Um, it's it's quite an interesting story. Though. It's not quite as interesting as on the Amazon Princess, just because of the. It's got a smaller cast. It's a more personalised story. It doesn't quite work as well, but 
it's got a nice nice quick battle system which definitely is turn based <laughs> yeah, no got, question about it like with 13 yeah no, it's, it's very much turn based but yeah I mean it's it's an interesting RPG it's good it's a good one to sort of kill about 15 hours worth so worth checking out if you're like if you're sort of a fan of visual novel type stuff so is that just on PC? That is just on PC, yeah. yeah. Okay. May have to check that out. Uh, I if you haven't it's played on Steam very soon. Yeah, it's but oh yeah, I mean I actually played it on Steam because I got a Steam beat code. But yeah, it'll yeah, be on Steam probably in at some point in January, I think, is it is the plan. But yeah, if you haven't played Lauren the Amazon Princess, I probably suggest checking that one out first. Okay. This has got the more interesting story, even even if this one's got a few sort of gameplay tweaks, which makes the gameplay slightly better on this one. But there's not there's not too much difference between them. So. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so that's I think my main contribution to the site recently. The other one would be the Tears to Die review, but we've spoken about that <laughs> enough already. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't think we need to risk aggravating anybody's stress level at this point. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, other other games I've been playing. I've just finished a keeper's trip tonight. A who? A keeper's trip. A deeper who? A K I B A. I know you struggle with Japanese names. <laughs> oh, Japanese. Oh, that's so, all you said. It's only five letters. Uh, all right, so... Uh, blah, 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 blah. All right, so go ahead. What, what's that game about? Uh, it's where you uh, run around the key burst stripping people. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, you run around the key burst stripping people. You run around a key oh, stripping people? Oh, that game! People? I remember yeah. this now. Really? This is what you're playing? Stripping people? <laughs> yeah. It is actually a lot of fun. It it is is quite a silly game, as you probably expect from the premise. Recommendation. Next time, save news like this for one of those episodes where I'm, like, drinking myself to silliness. I know, but I've forgotten it by by then. So So that's definitely an import, it sounds like. It came over. It did? Yes, there yeah, is. Someone needs to link me up with this. Somebody give me a link. It's Xseed Games. It's on yeah. Vita, PS4, and PS3. Yes, Xseed brought this over, Phil. Uh, uh, what was what? Chef? How, how dare I underestimate their uh, their import skills? Yeah, just so link me. Link me up here. I, I got to find this. Now I want to see screenshots. All right. Not because of a pervert. <laughs> this is totally in the interest of scientific research. You know, I gotta know all about these games. People come up out of the blue all the time and ask me about my recommendations for games and such. So, it's just know... a fun premise about this, which is basically that there are sort of va- vampire type people, and you have to strip them in order to get them to burn up in the sunlight. <laughs> wow, this is just <laughs> yeah, getting it, more it, and it, more it, interesting, Alex. It, 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 <laughs> Look at that it, cover it, art I just linked you there, Phil. Uh, I found you the wiki page. All right, wiki page. Holy sweet mother of wow. Wow, it actually popped up and said, "Are you on Wikipedia?" It popped up and said, "Are you over twenty-one?" Wow. Okay, undead and uh, undressed. <laughs> Listen to him. No, he didn't. He went to check. Um, 
That is funny. Akbar strip undead and undressed. Is this the one? Oh, is this the one where I saw where he was beating the clothes off of people? Yeah, <laughs> might have seen that earlier. Uh, Shot of the combat system demonstrating the player's ability to strip clothes off enemies. Well, this right here, boys and girls, is the reason to own a Vita. Yes, you could get this for your PlayStation 4, but if you have it on the Vita, think about the awesomeness of all the people in the airplane who can see over your shoulder and what they're thinking about you while you're playing this. I just, (laughs) seriously, this is the game you want to take out in public. Show it to your friends in a lunchroom. Hey, rated M for mature. (laughs) Wonder how that happened. Yeah, okay. Oh, this game features collaborative DLC in the form of character costumes and equipable items, including those from Ragnarok Odyssey Ace, Disgaea, Hyperdimension Neptunia, The Legend of Heroes, Super Sonico, and oh, there's one of them Japanese names again. But uh, hey, those are those are RPGs we've all talked about and love, so that must make this a great game. Hook me up. How much was it? Just like. Having characters from games you loved you loved made Cross Edge great, right, Phil? <laughs> okay, that that's not very nice, Mike. I don't appreciate. Uh, I think that tonight's the night of negative nilly Mikes over here. Don't don't listen to them, Alex. It's about twenty pounds, so it's, I think it's about twenty twenty five dollars at the moment because I think it's on sale. But it is a, it's a surprising amount of fun. All right, I will. Uh, you know what? You were right about Tears of Tierra too. Uh, I haven't played it yet, but since <laughs> App says it's bad, and I know that App is a negative nilly and wrong all the time, I know it's a good game. So I'm going to take your I word didn't for this. say it was bad. I said the story was bad. Such a negative person. To be clear here. I, yeah, yeah. with this one, it's just it's just silly. It's not, it's not overly sort of fan service-y. I mean, the Idea Factory games do, the fa- do more fan service than this thing. You're talking just, to the guy it's, who it's brought. Just a stupid premise. You, you talk, you're talking to the guy who brought Project Exo because I thought that was cool that they were putting all those characters, you know, together. So, they, even though the gameplay itself is kind of me, just I like crazy Japanese stuff. Uh, anything else you're playing or doing? Did you get anything fun and exciting for Christmas? Um, not games wise, because you bought, but I did get a new hockey stick. Hey, there you go. <laughs> Well, yeah. you know what? That's not a role-playing game, but it can be. Just put on a mask, go out on the street, and start beating people down, and call yourself, uh, what was his name from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Casey Jones or something? Yes, Casey yeah. Jones. There you go. Preferably use the yeah, hockey stick and like grab a machete and call yourself Jason Voorhees. Or J- well, but he needs the hockey stick. Yeah, know, I thought you were so. going to make a reference to Fallout there, but... Oh, okay, yeah, that too. See, there's, there's way a hockey stick can be an RPG still. It's a field hockey stick, but that's not fun. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, aside from that, I've basically been playing a lot of Final Fantasy fourteen. So. Ah, how's fourteen treating you these days? Yeah, not too bad. I've basically been leveling ninja and rogue. So. I, I, my brother, uh, my brother uh, in law in Indonesia is uh, still playing, and he loves ninja. Is he in the guild or the free company? Uh, he might he might still be there, yeah. Because I mean, Shirley and I, Shirley and I have kind of left, but uh, he stayed. What's his, what's his character name? Oh, Habib or Haboob or Habab. Oh, or okay, yeah. Like no, I haven't seen him when I've been online, but I think he's in he's in a rather different time zone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Completely <laughs> different time zone. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, no. And he's incredibly insane and lots of free time on his hands because he was like little 50 and 18 different jobs. <laughs> uh, he's he's not human. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I'm a little disappointed by I think one of the one of the big reasons for surely jumping uh, uh, dropping out, which which you know tends to pull me out, is uh, was the housing uh, system because I was really hyping this up to people. It seemed like a perfect solution, uh, the way that they had it. I mean, in some games like you know with World of Warcraft and the garrisons, they're they're individually phased, so other people can't see my garrison unless I invite them in. So otherwise, it's kind of to myself and takes away from some of the magic of being an MMO. Shirley's used to playing Ultima Online, which does the opposite. The houses are there in the persistent world, which is gives you the benefit of everyone can see your house and drool on it and, and stop by your merchants that you set out there and buy stuff. So it really feels like you're part of the world. But the problem is, is because land space is limited, the prices are, are sky high. So I thought Final Fantasy's 14 way of combining the two, so you have phased neighborhoods or something, instance neighborhoods, so they could create multiple copies easily enough, but uh, you know, basically have unlimited land. So basically, I do have other people who can see my house. It's just not the entire, you know, world. It's just the people that are in my instance neighborhood. Who you know, that sounded pretty cool. Unfortunately, and I've been doing, you know, I've been keeping an eye on it uh, because that was the biggest reason uh, of uh, for surely dropping. But it seems like that there is a limitation. Uh, to how many of those that they can do, and so the 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 house prices and stuff are are still pretty pretty darn expensive, from what I understand. Yeah, I think the house prices sort of auto set, so they'll. It depends on. I think it depends on the overall wealth of the server more, more than anything. Which wouldn't really well, that wouldn't even be uh, a, a reason to use it as a measuring stick if you had unlimited housing, but they don't because my understanding in yeah. doing the research was. Is that unlike an instance, let's say a, a WoW instance dungeon, where uh, you know they only have to have that instance running when people are actually in that dungeon? Neighborhoods have to be online all the time. Uh, you know, even instance neighborhoods, because somebody's always going to be there. Uh, so, so it does take up server resources and space and dedication and blah 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 blah. So yeah, that's I, that's the explanation for not having unlimited housing. I don't think that's the issue. I think they sort of wanted it to be at a certain threshold, so. There, there is a minimum threshold for what the price can it's drop. It's more to. than the guild housing. It's, it's same, crazy, it? or the same. Who cares? It's a spit is. Yeah, it's crazy. It's the same. Cause you're, the, you're buying the same thing. I got my garrison for free and wow, just for buying the expansion. I don't. I have to for a house. I have to spend like months of dedicated time far. And of course, you're going to want to furnish the house and crap. So I mean, don't even. Yeah. That's yeah, a, that was enough. that was the hard time I had selling my wife on it because we saved up for a long time in the anticipation of those houses coming out, and we were kind of one of the articles we had read, which was pure speculation, was that they might cost around you know based on guild house prices and stuff, we could expect the small houses to be around half a mil, and it didn't quite yeah. So I had half a mil saved up, and it wasn't nearly enough. <laughs> but ninjas are fun. My brother was really having fun with his ninja. He probably does. He have a house? No, he doesn't care about no house. He has glowing armor. Every time he gets a million gil, he goes out and buys another piece of glowing armor. Yeah. Are you about glowing armor or houses? Uh, I don't care. I just do whatever I can be bothered with. <laughs> Fair enough. Anything else? Um, no, I think that's it. 
from a couple of anime series I've been watching. So there's Gargantua on the Virgil's Planet, which was a really good 13 episode series. Mm. And I watched Patima Inverted, which is a film, and that was pretty good. Not amazing, but pretty good. Still pretty good. Yeah, I think that's me done. Yeah, that sounds like fun. I like I like the short series myself too. I, I prefer the I prefer the sort of full length series, but uh, but did it wrap up? The... Did it did it wrap up real good? Yeah, I think this is what this is this very much a complete series. So I mean, sometimes like you get ones that aren't sort of a full series, but this one this one wraps up really nicely. It's one of the better series. Yeah. I might have to ask you for more details once I actually get through Tear- Tears of Tierra. <laughs> Which I know is an awesome game, even though I haven't taken the shrink wrap off yet. Yeah, that'll, that'll take you a while as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Probably take more than the 13-episode 13, uh, 13 series. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How about you, Mr. Minky? What you doing? Uh, well, there's that, that one review I put up, but, you know, I... We we probably shouldn't talk much about that right now because you said we're going to have to do that in the near future, and that that's probably a smart move. After all, we'd be here a, an awful lot longer if we started to get into Dragon Quest Seven. Um, I started up this thing called Ephemeral Fantasia, and it's got a catchy options menu theme song <laughs> sounds like sounds like a fun what a unique name that sounds exciting <laughs> well it's got it's got some elements I haven't seen before you don't usually alright you're playing a, a musician named Mouse which alright that's not a name you hear very often either most people are not willingly being called Mouse and he has a three-stringed instrument of some kind. I don't know, it looks kind of like a guitar, but most guitars don't have giant eyes in the middle that open repeatedly to freak you out. And it talks. It's it's a living being. His guitar talks to him. It actually tells him, Hey, you know we're actually here to steal them blind. They're, they're all getting ready for this festival, and nobody's going to notice if you go into all their houses and take everything you can get. I realize that's what you usually end up doing in Japanese RPGs, but most of them aren't quite this blatant about it. Hey, hey, take them for all they've got. Right now. <laughs> um, <coughs> that's too funny. So that's original. Uh... Then I started to get into fights. Fights are... I don't, I don't know yet. I have, I've, only, I've only played about an hour and a half. It's enough to tell me that certain fights take a long time. It's, it's a kind of ATB, active time battle thing, except if neither side is ready to go, then you usually end up sitting there a long time waiting for somebody's gauge to charge, and you can't see the enemy gauges, but... but if you end up sitting there for a good 15 seconds or so between actions because you're not ready to do anything and neither is the enemy, then that, that might get boring. Just a feeling. Um, also, I feel like after the castle guard, general, chief, whatever the hell he is, invited me in there and said that... I, I don't know why I should be telling you this, but 
Something seems to be wrong in this kingdom. I can't quite put my finger on it, but will you help me look around for it? Right after that conversation, in fact, as he's leaving the stinking room, I get attacked by something. In the castle. More things attack me. In the castle. Here are the castle guards guarding a room. They don't notice that I just got through killing something right in front of their bloody faces. What is wrong with these people? Apparently they're blind, deaf, dumb. All None of their senses work except within a very, very localized area. It's hard to tell. Um, oh, and there's a, there's a timer. I, I don't understand how it works yet, but there's a clock constantly ticking. And... Uh, yeah, apparently I've just reached the point where the game won't automatically throw me where I need to go next. I have to try and find my way there. And it's... The landscape is not so distinct that it's easy to find my way around this town yet. So that ought to be, that'll be fun. Yeah, that'll be wonderful. And it's it's an early PS2 game, which means it isn't nearly as ugly as, as PS1 stuff, but neither is it exactly appealing to the eye. There's a, there's a princess who's supposedly the most beautiful thing ever, and uh, she has exactly one expression, which is that of someone who just smoked 20 joints and is now going to stare at the fridge and take inventory for the next half hour. Uh... So it doesn't sound like it lives up to its name. <laughs> well, it's definitely not ephemeral, because that would mean it, it ended quickly. It didn't. In fact, from all I understand, it's going to take a while. Not as long as Dragon Quest VII, though! <laughs> I am also you mean still not, at, not as well as long as Dragon Quest VII original version? Having not played the new version? <laughs> yeah, that that is what I would have to say. Though, I understand that Mr. Baker, though he did take his time, took close to 80 hours playing the new version. Yeah, that's true. It is still long, I guess. You know what game also takes 80 hours? Persona 4 Golden. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't feel like it, though. Well, there there's good 80 hours, and there's bad 80 hours. Yeah, slightly <laughs> Every two weeks, I've put 80 hours into my job now. And that actually, there are times, many times, when I would have rather have been at the job than playing Dragon Quest Seven. So, that's... That's a real impressive thing right there. Um, I continue to plug away at Dragon Ball Z Harukanaru Densetsu. You know, it, it's it's just so thrilling when not only does it mess up the story by having people show up early, it also makes you see it over and over again. Hey, you know this this event that we just saw from someone's perspective here? You get to see it again from someone else's perspective. You know this person that you just fought with one character? You get to fight him again with this other character. It's a different level, but it's the same damn person you're fighting again. Um, it has yet to exceed the record of me fighting Vegeta, I think it was eight times in a row. Same fight, eight times sequentially. And it's all card-based, and oh my... You know, I'll have to write about that. I'll have to finish the stupid thing and write a review about... This is... This is something else. 
You'd better have to have me fix the game page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I but this was news to you, Alex. Did you know that it had been released in Europe? I did when I made we fixed the game page. <laughs> <laughs> well, now of course you're just eager to go get it because it's called Goku Densetsu in Europe, not Harukan Haru Densetsu. That's oh wow, that's a, that's definitely sold me then. <laughs> well, of course Harukanaru is too hard for English speakers to pronounce, but Goku. Ne- never mind the word Densetsu. Every English speaker knows that word by heart. <laughs> yes, especially Phil. Phil can definitely. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounded perfect. <laughs> Either that or Phil just got through with a shower and was toweling off. Maybe we'll find out in a minute. Uh, what else am I playing? What else am I playing? You know, I think that's it for now, although I did buy Child of Light, and probably by the time we do another recording, I will have played some of it. Odds are good that Child of Light is better than Dragon Ball Z, Harukunara, Densetsu, and Ephemeral Fantasia. But I haven't played it yet, so I can't say. Hopefully my computer can handle it. And that leaves a couple of movies, because I always do that. Tis t'was the season for me to do my Christmas Die Hard viewing. That movie rocks. That's a great movie. And I really don't need to say anything, because if you haven't seen Die Hard, then go see it. Jeez. Uh... And I saw New Year's Evil, which is not a good movie. It's It takes place right before MTV came in, which means that VJs don't quite exist, but there's a woman whose husband is uh, hes a crack case, and he's trying to kill people in time with each declaration of the new year for each time zone. <laughs> which I guess is a neat idea. Uh and you know who's the, who the killer is right from the start and then he shows up and he gets caught and he takes a dive off building and oops he's dead wow that was that was very consequential thank you movie I like the theme song it's a nice rockin 1982 yeah I'm, I'm stretching here <laughs> it does remind me of another film I watched recently but forgot to mention which was Appleseed Alpha which I have not seen it's, which is yeah, it's a CGI. It's a prequel to well, Appleseed, <laughs> which is the sort of it's the Ghost in the Shell creators sort of original fan. But it's it's a sort of it's one of the CGI ones that goes into it's close enough to be uncanny at certain points and impossible to tell with others. <laughs> okay, that that sounds like a recipe for creepiness. Yeah, it, was a, it, it wasn't as bad as it thought, thought it was at initial viewing. It, you could get used to it quite quickly. Okay, but it's not not a bad film, not not a brilliant one. That's that's more than can be said for some. Uh, and the Gunfighter, I, I like certain westerns, and this is a really good one. Daryl Zanuck blamed its failure at the time on Gregory Peck wearing a mustache. Which, you know, Gregory Peck generally didn't wear a mustache. That's possibly it. But it's a really good Western. If you happen to like Westerns where the characters are all interesting, check this one out. It probably deserves to be a little better known. All right, that's that's my bit for now. What have you got for us, Phil? 
Well, let's see here. So, um, gave away some really cool prizes on Twitter during the holidays, the Christmas holiday. Uh, so if you like giveaways, if you like RPG Backtrack, if you just want to know what's up with old Phil, you can go over to twitter.com for, I think it's for slash JC Servant or just search for at JC Servant. And uh, if you sign up and stuff, you just never know when I'm going to give something away. Sometimes I do it on the show, as you just heard not too long ago. Sometimes I do it right there through Twitter. And and Mike Minky is at Jew Mason. And we also have little conversations back and forth sometimes about certain games. So you might want to join in on those. Let's see here. What else? What else? What else? Well, uh, for Christmas, I got some gift cards and already had some gift cards from before. So I took the whole pile of gift cards and I went down to Target and got a Wii U, which is really awesome, except it doesn't have a, a ton of RPGs, really. But it does. Unless you count some of that virtual console stuff. Yeah, yeah. Which Th- this is- does allow you to play Earthbound without paying, what is it, 400 bucks or so? Oh, hey, good point. I forgot about that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I got a whole bunch of those games. I got a couple friends. No, well, one, really, because I'm antisocial and don't have a lot of friends. But I do have a friend that we were playing um, Smash Brothers. We played for like two or three hours straight on uh, last Saturday night, and that was super fun. And uh, I think this Saturday we're going to try for Mario Kart. So... That's super exciting. I guess it's sort of RPG related. He likes Hyrule Warriors, right? Link, that makes it an RPG, right? Mr. Apps? Uh, Hyrule Warriors is awesome. All right. Uh, you get to come back to the next show. All right. You're no longer negative, Nilly. You can come back to the next show. Sweet. So uh, that, I got that. I got uh, Bayonetta 2. Yeah, it looks really good. I haven't had a chance to play it, but it was in the grab bag that I got. And I got uh, Super Mario 3D World and that other Mario game. Uh, I'll, no, the side-scrolling one. I, I can't keep these things apart. You're Super Mario Brothers, you. Thank you. Gosh, I don't, know how, I don't know how anybody tells these things. <laughs> I really don't. So. It was cute when Nintendo first came up with a new Super Mario Brothers. Now what are we up to, about the tenth of those? Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, you know, I'm kind of a sucker for them, and that's what someone knew when they got me. One that one is, is because uh, I even played the one, the second one that was really got like I think like sevens and seven and a halfs. The one with the gold coins, uh, lots and lots and lots of gold coins, and I'm just a sucker <laughs> for that. I just, I, I don't know. I like playing them. Uh, hmm. Now, what else can we talk about? Oh, I know. So, you know what's really popular these days is that movie, with that Disney one with the girl who sings Let It Go. <laughs> I just... Are you going to sing... Uh, do you want to build? Do you want to make a snowman? No, 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 no! Please don't! It'll get stuck in my head again. But wasn't even a movie. But Phil, do you, do you want to build a snowman? <laughs> no, no, I really okay, don't want to build bye. a damn snowman. Okay, so just drop it and tell me what the name of the movie is. Flake flow fro- frozen. frozen frozen. Okay, right, 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 right. Boring ass movie, but check it out. <laughs> just, just check it out, okay? You, I, you would be, you would be escorted out of certain households of my family members immediately upon stating that, Phil. Okay, it is so, Phil, you, so. Phil, I pre- think you should let it go. 
Oh, sweet mercy. It is so, <laughs> so repetitive. Anyways, it's just like the Lion King, except with girls, you know? Runs away from home, things go to hell in a handbasket. I mean, it's the same deal. Anyways, it, it, by the way, do, if do you, you think she looked cooler before the transformation, I, I like that purple and green outfit she was wearing. What the hell are you talking about <laughs> now? Are you really? Are you really doing this on my? This is this is this is. Oh God. Okay. All right. I tell you what. You know what? You guys need you need a dose of reality. So what you need to do is you need to go to YouTube.com and search up "Frozen Honest Trailer." Seriously. <laughs> That will help dispel whatever magic trailer has cost, cast on you because it shows you the truth. It's an honest trailer. It shows you the truth behind Frozen. Okay? Go ahead. Nope. I'll put the podcast on hold and go and watch that right now. I'll wait. Uh, I, get, I get a better suggestion than that. What is that? Uh, someone has made the song, Do You Want to Get Some Starbucks? You should look that up instead. Oh, okay, so go, do you want some Starbucks, boys and girls? And uh, an honest trailer's Frozen. Uh, so go and look that up and get that all out of your head. Anyways, that movie's boring as hell. But, 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 <laughs> but, but, check it out. For those of you who are totally put to sleep by that movie, we've got a much funnier winter movie starring a snow queen. It's at rifttracks.com. It's called Santa and the Fairy Snow Queen. It's hilarious. You need to go watch it. Funny as hell. They got a free clip. You can buy it for 99 cents. It's the best buck you'll ever spend. And a lot funnier, a lot more fun than that whatever Let It Snow movie. You know, just just whatever. All right. Let it snow. Oh, Let it snow. God. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Okay, you need to stop it right now. Okay, just, just stop. Okay. Last but not least, I know our listeners like to win free stuff, so aside from the free stuff we occasionally give away here on the show, this is on a more personal level, but if um, it's on my Twitter, it's uh, if you email me, I can give you details, or you can go uh, to the website, uh, jcservant.wordpress.com forward slash contest, and uh, for any of you budding artists out there, uh, I am, I am, I am, you know, it's all about reboots. So I'm bringing back Wildlight. It was a webcomic I did before I jumped on with RP Gamer. In fact, I stopped doing Wildlight around the time that I joined RP Gamer about five or six years ago. It's a webcomic that I had running for about seven years. It's very, it's an amateur drawn, but hey, it's free. It's just something people read for fun. Had a little bit of a following for a while. Anyways, I'm kind of bringing that back. I'm working with some other people. Uh, my writing and my drawing skills are a little better, so it'll be a more professional project. To help it look more professional, I put out a call to help design her outfit for season two. So there is an official uh, guidelines on how you know how that uh, design process works. What there's a template you have to use. You mail that to me, and you might win a fifty dollar Amazon gift certificate. So, uh, but you gotta be fast because uh, it ends uh, at the end of Sunday, January eleventh, and um, and by the time I get this podcast up, it'll probably. You know, Mike and I get this podcast up. It, it'll already be closer to that date. So, <laughs> on the bright side, if you're if you're familiar with our programs uh, and the such, uh, this actually shouldn't. And you're good at designing, especially. This won't take you much time because the template already has the figure all drawn out for you. All you've got to do is draw the um, superhero outfit design uh, on top of the uh, the, the template uh, figures that are provided. So. It's actually something that someone can actually do in, in like literally 10 minutes if you've already got the design in mind. 
please make sure it's original. Somebody sent me something that was already used on a superhero somewhere else who's actually kind of popular. That that won't work. Bad. Well, it might work if I don't know about it, but don't do that. That's just that's just that's just plagiarism. It's wrong. Anywho, all the details are over there. You might win fifty bucks. But uh, back to the role playing games. Anything else, gentlemen, that you can think of before we wrap this up? About all role-playing games ever, or just what we've been playing lately? <laughs> just anything for the show. Mm. Games are fun. Games are fun, absolutely. Oh my gosh, are they fun? And except for certain ones by that idea people. <laughs> no, 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 no those, positive. Those are not but positive, right, right. My Bayonetta nice, 2 we're, we're about Bayonetta 2. Awesome. Let's, let's bring it in on a hey, you know that nicer note. You know what that that little screen on the Wii U, by the way. So everybody keeps asking me this. Phil, is that controller too heavy? No, not really. It's no heavier than an iPad. It's actually lighter than an iPad. Uh, it's not wearing out my wrist or anything like that. But you know what bothers me about it? So a lot of games, the second screen is just mirroring what's on the first screen. Now, it's really great if I need to walk away, which is actually coming handy more times than not. I walk into the computer room, but I want to still keep playing or keep the screen up, look up an FAQ. That's pretty cool. But what's really irritating is when I'm sitting on the couch and I'm playing on the television, I keep finding myself looking back at like this five- or six-inch screen. Instead of looking at the 35-inch television that's four feet away, I don't know why I do it. It, it just oh. – do you ever do that? I have done that, but you can always, um, I mean, a lot of these games will let you use, uh, like, the Pro Controller you can buy, so that might be an investment for playing some of those games, so the the other screen isn't distracting. They should have had a really simple button on there that turns off the screen, and, and, by, and I'm sure by extension makes the battery last a hell of a lot longer. Yeah. Without the screen lit up, I'm sure that battery would go for 82 hours without a charge. Uh, with the screen lit up, it seemed to last me about four hours, which was about as long as my wrist was going to last anyways. Uh, you can't go and turn off the screen. I'm not sure if that turns on once you like start playing something again. Yeah, I, like, I, I have done that a few times to like power save, save some power while I left something on. But yeah, like I, if you can turn off the screen while you're playing, that that's what I'm kind of looking for. I mean, while you, I'm not playing it, I throw it on the charger. Yeah. You might be able to do that. That'd be pretty cool. So if somebody knows, you can you can write us, uh, write me at jcserpent at uh, cyberlightcomics.com or on the forums or something. Say, hey, Phil, yeah, that's how we do it. Still trying to figure out some of this we used. To. Of course, Nintendo never makes it. My wife was sitting there watching me when, when I got it. I boxed it up. I hooked it up. And then I'm sitting at my computer for a good solid 15 minutes. She's like, well, is it working yet? And I'm like, yes, but I have to hook up my Nintendo account and nothing with this thing is simple. It was like 12 steps. Whereas with the PlayStation 4, I got it. I put in my, my PlayStation login and password that I use on my Vita, that I use on my PSP, and bam, there's my whole library of games. I'm good to go. And heaven forbid, I saw the steps involved in trying to move my Wii games, my Wii software games yeah. over to the – yeah, yeah. Nintendo's Nintendo. a bit behind the time still. Gosh, guys, this was two generations ago. PlayStation 3. Just evil people. Anyways, but the but the game, the disc games are fun. So maybe Mr. Apps can stay on afterwards and give me some pro tips. Uh, but it is it is my. <laughs> you're all about the pro tips, aren't you? Sure. Okay. Especially with the Wii U. Especially. With, all right. Cool. Cool. All right. Nice. You know what? It is my responsibility to give you guys a pro tip about RP Gamer and RPG Backchecker and remind you 
that RPG Backtrack is a production of RP Gamer, your source for RPG news, impressions, reviews, articles, and home to the best gaming community on the net. Write your questions and comments on our boards or email jcservant at cyberlightcomics.com and help shape our future shows as we head into 2015. Don't forget to follow us at twitter.com forward slash rpgamer. Become our biggest fans at facebook.com slash rpgamer. As always, listen to our previous podcasts as well as our awesome sister shows, the RPG Cast and Active Topical Banner. You can find it all at rpgamer.com. Mr. Meeky, put us to sleep. Well... I don't know if I should rub this in, but we've had it proved on our forums many times that there aren't a lot of people willing to pick up an Xbox 360, and yet that was the only way you can play our main event tonight. So uh, we're probably going to get some slightly irate people, but uh, nothing we can do about that. Sorry. Good night. For all complaints about comments made on RPG Backtrack, please write wheels at rpgamer.com. Thank you. No, no, I don't do that anymore. No.
darkness and the light comes and goes all so fast. Nothing ever lasts. It seems I'm living in a place forgotten now by time's pace. So I'm left alone. You and I, hand in hand, we have just begun. Somehow I'm holding back what I feel for you. I'm always living with my fears. The time is swiftly drawing near. I'll be left alone. Our moments pass on by. Then people pass on by. Keeps drifting away. It all keeps drifting away. One day I'll be there. So.